And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100%. And on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big Sean McCarthy. Well, welcome everyone. It is the newest edition of the Weighing In Podcast after a very big UFC pay-per-view with Brian Ortega taking on the champ, Alexander Volkanovsky. We've got a lot to talk about with that. We've got a bunch to go off of other things that occurred, heavyweight championship boxing, 1FC, all these things. Joshua Thompson looking mighty good in that blue shirt. I, matching me well, baby. Oh, whoops. <laughs> <laughs> it looks good. I look good in blue. I know I look good in blue. But look, first off, let's say it is late Saturday night for you guys. What time is it there, John? Two in the morning? Uh, yeah, two in the morning. Dave, Dave's in Austin, so it's what, one in the morning? One in the morning. Hour difference. For me, it's a little earlier than that, but it has been a very long day. Um, You know, family, friends, fights, 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 and more fights, but we've made it work, and this, guess what? Tonight was a great night of fights. Also got to catch up with some of the 1FC fights, and I got to watch my friend Marcus Buchecha put on his first MMA fight ever, and then I watched uh, Christian Lee have a great performance, but it just wasn't enough, and we will talk about that also. But let's get into yeah. the UFC, because that's what really everybody wants to hear. So let's get into the UFC first, and let's. where do you want to start from? I want to start, well, first, I, let's start real fast. Matthew Semmelsberger, he's had some great fights, 15 seconds, 16 seconds knockout. It was a beautiful knockout, very fast. Congratulations, he's looking great, but stop the backflips. My God, that was the worst backflip ever. <laughs> You're going to hurt yourself. We've really got to do something about this celebration stuff. We've seen too many people get hurt. We've seen in the NFL, people trying to celebrate in the NFL as well and getting hurt. I'm like, just stop. Just yep. stop. act like you've been there, man. Act there like you're going to be back there. Act, Bar- uh, what's it called? Barry Sanders said, the reason why I Walter never celebrated. Peyton Barry Sanders. Guy. Act like you've been there. Maybe it was Walter Payton that said it. It was Barry, Walter Payton. Okay, fine. Barry Sanders, he said, I never acted up because he said, I always knew I'd be back. There you and go. I, that's the, like, just, you know, you're going to be there again. <laughs> there's no reason <laughs> to act that way. Anyways, especially when you know there's something that could happen. And like, we've seen guys flip off the cage, oh, off, yeah. the ca- like, off the top of the cage. Every time I see Eddie Alvarez oh, or, the hell or Chandler, I know or they're Gaethje, le- they're, their knees going to blow out backwards. And I'm just thinking to myself, like, why? You just want a great fight. You're yeah. in the top five. What are you doing? Don't do that. <laughs> but whatever, man. It is what it is. They're young. They feel young. They think but when they landed, I go, Oh, okay. I know exactly, exactly. Until they land on a camera person, then you know. I've seen that know, too. <laughs> we know what happens from there. Um, all right. So, where do you want to start out on this card? Well, you know, we did start with Matthew, but I want to say Jalen Turner. You know, who we both know for a while, works yeah. out at Ruka there. The Tarantula guy. He's getting look. We've everybody that's known him has known he's really talented. He's got great stand up. He's just good everywhere and his ground game's really gotten better and all of a sudden he's submitting guys but he's hurting them first this guy is going to be problems for people at 155 he's got that kind of talent yeah i mean look we're less than five minutes into the show and i'm already going to say tall long and lanky that's really what it comes (laughs) down to we are less than five minutes into the show he is is tall long and lanky as long as he gets better off of his back the ability to get back up up. the ability to hit submissions the ability to like attack sweep submit whatever it is from that position and working back to his feet because he's nasty on the feet if he can get back to his feet use his striking most people know that if they take him down 
that there's not a whole lot of threat there, but he's getting better now there. So what now that you've seen that, I think there's going to be a lot of different styles of which people fight him as well as, like you said, getting him to 55, being a 55, he will be nasty at 55, I believe. Yeah, he's he's going to be something. You want to watch someone that is going to continue to have these great moments in the UFC, you want to watch Jalen. He's, what, here, he's John, we good. were talking about this a little bit off air. I said, like, what I don't understand was that the, everyone that trains at Ruka, if you guys have not been to the Ruka facility, if you guys don't have been to the Ruka warehouse, they have a beautiful facility in there that they work. Just It's all private training. It's invite pretty much only, which is great. You've got... Um, you, you've got like Bisbing trains there, Rockhold trains there. You know, you've got uh, Chito Vera, he's there. You've got Jason Kinsey Perillo. Durn, she's Jason there. Perillo's Jason Perillo. He's yeah, the guy he's that the, kind of runs it. He's the coach that's there. Yeah. You, you have the owner that's also there that trains with Perillo and like a lot of the BJ's always there. But what I don't understand is when they leave that facility after working with Perillo, why do they not go two blocks, three blocks down the road? Three blocks. And hit, and hit AOJ. What are you guys doing? Why are you not training with the Menes brothers? Like, I, I don't understand this. Like, you guys should be there nonstop at that facility. Hoffa and Guillermo, are f- they're just nasty good. And they understand the fight game as well. I mean, I the first time I ever trained with Hoffa, I trained with him in Hawaii, uh, in Hilo, with BJ. And I was like, he's like, yeah, just no punching me. Like, just don't hit me. <laughs> just grapple. And I was like, okay, cool. No gi. I got it. I, I never, honestly, true story, I never heard of him before. I never heard of him. And then he fucking and, tapped you. And he fucking within, <laughs> I would say it was maybe a minute 20, maybe a minute 30. I think he was honestly, he was being nice the first minute. <laughs> and then it was like, okay. But it was, he's really damn good. I was all of a sudden he's on your back and you go, how the frick did you get there? No, I didn't even have, he didn't have to get to my back. He hit me in this crazy, he hit me in the craziest darts because he actually trapped my elbow and then pushed it across with his knee. And I was like, hey, why don't you show me how to do that? Yeah. And so it's like one, it's like, it's seriously, it's one of the, one of the ways I set up my darts now for everywhere, for, for everything. I, every time I teach my students that, like I've learned so much just from them in the quick two weeks, three weeks that I spent with them, as well as going back to their facility there and, uh, in Costa Mesa there at AOJ. It's f- amazing coaches, amazing people. But I don't understand the fighters that train out of Ruka, the facility there at their yeah. at their warehouse. Just go and they're both down. they're both all white. They're both as far all, as the mats are white. Yeah, you know, the, the mats the, are all the, white. The bags are white. Everything's well, white. Well in Ruka, <laughs> in, in Ruka, I know it looks white online, but it's actually like a light gray, a really yeah. light gray. Whereas it at AOJ, everything is like white. all white. Everything's all white. Um but overall, yeah, I thought uh, I thought I thought Jalen Turner looked good. I thought great performance. You know, just he he looks good, man. He's 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 getting better, which I don't know where he's training his jujitsu at, but he is getting better, and it's great yeah. to see him finally, you know, work his way and uh, off the ground into the, some submissions and stuff. But uh, look, I thought actually Dawkins, I thought Dawkins looked phenomenal. He looked great. Once, once the confidence built after he dropped uh, Shamil, because I don't want to pronounce his last name because I'll murder it. But uh, once he Akbarama. dropped Shamil, yeah, you okay, keep lying Akbarama. to yourself. It, that's not how it's pronounced. John. No, keep it's lying not. To <laughs> <laughs> it's not how it's pronounced. I don't, I don't know how to say that, guys. I love, name. I love it. John Shamil. He says it really fast and hopes that no one catches that it's wrong. Oh, <laughs> I know it's wrong, especially that one. I said it. I love it. Not even knowing. But once Dawkins landed some clean shots and was able to drop him and jumped on him and got some work done, and then the round ended, I was like, okay, second round. Then he came out really cocky. I didn't see the exchange. Were they supposed to touch gloves and then Shamil like try to hit him or something happened because then Dawkins ended up flipping him off, giving him the bird. 
So I didn't see that exchange, but it ended up being, a, it was really weird. But anytime fighters do that, I start thinking to myself, okay, stop, stop reading your own paper clippings. Cause the first round ended great for you, but this fight can change quick with one big shot. guys. So yeah, one shot, especially with the bigger guys, you got to be very careful. But uh, I thought Dawkins looked absolutely phenomenal. He was quicker with the punches. His, his punches were straighter. He wasn't loading up. He looked clean. Great win. Absolutely phenomenal job. His tonight. boxing is really good. I mean, it yeah. takes good angles. His footwork, he, he slides his feet in. He doesn't fucking lean and, you know, plant his feet and lean in. He's moving. He's going to be a problem. You know, he, he is getting smaller, though. He's losing a lot because he had some extra body weight before. Yeah. He's getting smaller. He might even go down to 205. I don't know if that's a good idea for him because he is, he's got fast hands. And I think he, at heavyweight, he's going to be faster. I love the fact that he called out Stipe and said, hey, look, fireman versus policeman. This is good. And it is. It's a good. I, I don't know if Stipe wants to take that based upon rankings and stuff. It's not yeah. going to do anything for him. But it's a good call out. You know, and no. he looked he looked fantastic. So big night for him. John, there was a couple of things that I want to bring up, which is completely off topic. But. Uh, for Stipe, absolutely not a good fight for him. In terms no. of, I think Stipe wins. Don't get me wrong. I think Stipe wins the fight. But I think like where you're at in your life, in terms of your age, as well as your ranking, all that stuff, there's absolutely no, no reason, reason for you to take that fight. Yep. And um, there's that. But John, tonight, I hadn't seen some friends in a long time, and they were going to go watch the fights at Smoke Eaters. So I went to go watch the fight at Smoke Eaters. I understand now why I don't go to places to watch fights, John. <laughs> That's me, man. I'm just uh... like, I'm... I'm just it was don't get me wrong i, I love... can't go to that and listen because everyone's coming up asking me questions and stuff and it's like i just want to watch the fight john it was it was uh yeah it was especially during the ds fight it was just not <laughs> it's not the business man and here's the thing and the reason why i bring it up during this fight i've got apparently and i'm just being a retired uh army ranger special forces guy that sits oh, two seats Jesus. next to me apparently and he's telling me all about it and he's talking about how these two fat fucks they don't even deserve to be in there if you looked at them like these guys can't fight they're this they're that and i'm like these guys are really good <laughs> one's ranked number seven the other one i think is ranked number 10 like docus was 10 i believe tonight and uh shamil was number seven i think seven before the fight started yeah. and i'm like i'm just hearing him talk and i'm just and i know he doesn't I'm just, uh, it was, I can't, I can't, John, I can't go to these events anymore. I can't go, I can't go watch fights at public places. I just, you know what? I'm going to start coming to my studio and just watching them. I have a TV in here. I've got what I do. I'm just, gosh, it was, it was, it was very, it tortures me to hear other people talk about other athletes. Cause I'm, I'm a former athlete, like, you know, in terms of a fighter. And I, I just get so, I want to get so defensive, you know, about, about this shit. And I'm just, ugh. <laughs> Drives me crazy. It drives me nuts to hear someone. It doesn't matter who it is. I don't care. I got a lot of love for all these fighters. I don't give a shit if you won or you lost tonight. Got a lot of love for them. And it's it's really upsetting to hear someone talk shit. And I'm just like, I was borderline going, you know, I know maybe you're re whatever Army Ranger Special Forces. Guess uh, what? Like, just leave. Go. I love go I love when people say, oh, dude, I was trained by a Navy SEAL that showed no. me real hand-to-hand. -hand. It's like, let me just give you a clue, dude. If you're a Navy SEAL and you're in hand-to-hand, -hand, you fucked up. Just so you know. <laughs> okay? Yeah, right? That's, yeah. Got, yeah, that's not the way they fight. Okay? Yeah. Nothing. I love I know a lot of them. Great guys. Yep. Tough, tough sons of bitches and very skilled. 
But if they're down to these, yeah. bad things have happened. Yeah. yeah. You're running for your fucking life, oh, by fuck the way. Yeah, man. By the way, yeah. I've done I've done so many um events where I've gone out uh because Ogro Technologies brought me out to a couple like military bases. I did one in Fort Huachuca down in Arizona. We've done training four... together on yes on we military have bases. yes yes we have. Uh, we did in Hawaii several times. Yeah. Um, but no, we were at Fort Huachuca with with Ogro Technologies. They brought us out four thousand troops out there on a huge like football couple football fields out there when the sun was rising at 4 a.m was me bobby southworth mike swick where in the hell was the sun rising at 4 a.m it was fort wachuca <laughs> that's where it was <laughs> the sun was just barely trickling up fucking it was just barely trickling up it was still dark but that was when i that, that was the first time i actually realized that people in the military they're kids that was oh, yeah. the first time i had ever realized because i had met several um several people that day that were like 16, 17. I'm like, what are you guys doing in the military? How are you guys here? They're like, why well, I emancipated for my parents. And, you know, and they, they joined the military because that's the way that that's pretty much one of the leading ways people can emancipate from their parents. Yep. And so, um, you know, join the military, steady income, housing, all that stuff. So the, the judges will normally let them do it anyways. But I had realized, but it was, it's insane. I realized how little these troops know about fighting. Because we had done several like techniques and it was like lost, just just completely lost. And even the stuff that we had worked with people in Hawaii, uh, some of the troops there, it was like some of them had a good base. Some had, but the last time that someone was there actually teaching them it was back when like Henzo was there or somebody was there when Jiu-Jitsu had first came out in 98, 99. Like, like, you know, basically when they were like traveling around spreading their knowledge. And yeah, so one of, um, one of the things you got to love about them, though, is when, you, when you're teaching them something, they go all out. They do. <laughs> they do they not- love it. They do not, they don't give any quarter. It's no. like, oh, you got to make this work and stuff. No. So it's, I love fun. it. I love they're that about them because oh, I wish yeah. I get that. I wish I could get that out of some of my young kids and some of my adult students. Sometimes they're just like laying on their back going, okay, is this how I do it? <laughs> Every single person we worked with several times when we were there in, in Hawaii, it was insane. They just were like, okay, like this, like this. I mean, they want to know. They, yeah. They need to know, but they want to know. That's what the great thing about it. Anyways, I thought Dawkins looked great. He looked phenomenal. Um, he yeah, did. he looked absolutely amazing. So great job to him and uh, tip my hat to him as well. Someone um, who looked look, just as good was Dan Hooker. You know, John. Come on. I coming off a plane, that fight, the well, way he Well, they both it. came off a plane. Yeah, so let's, that's true. That's true. Okay. Good they point. They both had visa problems. They both came off a plane. but And they both is, made weight. They both made weight, which is incredible, which is insane. I can't yeah. believe that they both made weight because both of them. I actually thought that um, Nasrat was going to be bigger when I saw them face to face. I was like, Ooh. "Oh wow, there's a big difference." Yeah. I thought Nasrat was going to be a little because he has that barrel chestedness. He seems a little thicker. I got that, but he wasn't as obviously wasn't as tall. No. And I get that with Hooker. Hooker's tall, long, lanky. See, guys, I did it again for you guys. Just all you guys listening, I did it for you. Tall, long, lanky. But he looked phenomenal. Hooker looked good. He uh, was picking and choosing his shots. He did a great job tonight. And I actually, I thought Nazareth was going to get a lot. Good. Exactly. He had the takedowns. Oh, yeah. He was the one controlling the top position. He did a lot of great things. He's gotten so much better yep. in terms of not just the the striking, but the, con- the in terms of the conditioning for the grappling. Yeah. People forget, if I am a good stand-up guy, 
it's not the same type of cardio and conditioning that I do for someone while I'm grappling with someone. So that you have to work on that. And he seems like he has put the work in and he's gotten so much better from his last couple fights. And I know this was a win for him. So I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to say like, Oh, that he hasn't been that good before. No, he's been phenomenal before, but he's also been put in situations for his last couple fights where one of them was a short notice fight, which I don't know who was it. He took a short notice fight against someone. I don't know because he had. The, Can you click on the, Hooker? No, click he, on Hooker. He had the the Dustin Poirier fight was unbelievable. Yeah, it was. And, absolutely and then he had the the Chandler loss, you know. But the was was Chandler a last minute or was it? No, Chandler no, wasn't a last no, minute. No, wasn't. Was been, huh? I'm trying to remember. I thought he had a fight. last minute fight. No, no. I maybe I'm mixing him up with uh, Paul Felder. Paul Felder came in last. Oh, minute Paul Felder against, against RDA. Him. Oh, already. Okay, that's right. Yeah, so I'm, yeah. I'm mixing this all up. Sorry, guys. You're My killing bad. me. Yeah, I know. I know. Hey, <laughs> CTE, man. It's it ain't nothing to joke with, man. I'm just a totally joke, fucked up. Hey, yeah, just but... hey, I do the best I can. I let John handle all the dates and stats and the numbers and the spelling and the reading and all that stuff. Definitely so... <laughs> the math. <laughs> definitely the math. Definitely, definitely. Um, uh... but uh, great job by Dan Hooker. Like coming off the plane, people don't realize. For, for both of these guys to make the weight coming off a plane, your body retains the water. It's hard. Like, get in there. I've, I I got to tell you guys, I've flown into locations and had to make weight like three or four days later, and your body is still retaining the water, and I struggled. I was almost in tears, you know, once or twice going, damn, like, what's going on? I can't sweat. Like, nothing's coming out. You know, I've already lost like, I've already lost like 15 to 18 pounds. I'm like, fuck, what's going on? You start panicking. Sure. And then you go to sleep, you wake up, and you're able to go squeeze out four or five more pounds in the morning. It's just your body needs time to adjust. And he didn't have that time. Neither one of them had the time because they both flew in the day before weigh-ins. Yep. And so if your body doesn't adjust quickly and your body doesn't let the water go, you're screwed. And so the fact that both of them made the weight, both of them were professionals, absolutely amazing. And both I, of them t- had to be hungry as hell on a flight. Yeah. It was a long flight Sucks. for both of them. So you see everyone fucking eating shit, oh, yeah. eating their meals on the plane. You can smell it, and like everyone's having drinks and sodas. They're, the car lady's coming by, going, can "Hey, I would you like the water? Days? Would you like a drink? Would you like coffee?" And you're like, "Yeah, bitch, fuck you." <laughs> That's what you're thinking, right? That's what you're thinking. Like, think about him. He's coming from where? New uh, Zealand. He's coming yeah. from New Zealand. The flight's what? Fifteen hours? Yes. 15, 16 hours. Yeah, it's, it's a long-ass flight. You're thinking to yourself, yeah, this chick, this if she comes sucks. by one more time, I'm going to punch her in her mouth. That's what you're thinking, John. You, That's what you're are, thinking. Are you sure You sure I can't get you a drink? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm sure. I'm real I'm good. Sure. Yeah, give me a cup of ice so I can spit it at you. That's what you're thinking. <laughs> Poor guys, man. Hey, both of them came out like professionals, put on a great fight. It was actually a really good fight to watch. I was Like I said, I was sitting there trying to drown out things around me but it was actually a great uh great fight man okay i was really surprised that they they didn't have that as the the prelim main but so was i but then when marab and marlon went off i go that's why they didn't they knew what they were doing they knew exactly what they were doing (laughs) i was oh baby john what a damn fight that fight honestly first round that fight stole the damn show oh stole the damn show just moments of it were incredible. That first was round insane. was absolutely insane. Nuts. You got to give it to Marab. That yeah. dude is just tough as freaking nails. He just took a took huge shots, ran away trying to get himself collected, took more shots, and then came back in the round. Yeah. By the end of it, look, if you're going to score it, you got to give it to Marlon. 
because he was close to finishing the fight. But even though Marab had his little moment at the end, but I said, I said Marlon wins the round, but he's going to lose the fight. You could see it. John, I'm going to throw a little uh, wrench in this whole thing. Yeah, go ahead. And I agree with you on how you're talking about, and it's very rare that I like to agree with you because people at home, they don't listen to us because they don't want me to. They listen to us because they don't want us to agree. And normally we don't, but Marab came out and said that he will not fight Aljamain Sterling. Mm-hmm. Do you put Marab now into that vacant spot to fight Peter Yawn now that Aljo is out? And if he wins against Peter Yawn, now he has no choice. Ooh, but to, like as, a promoter, yeah, as a promoter, as a promoter, we slide that shit you, in there, you, right? You, Just you can't pass up Corey Sanhagen on that. I'm not make, saying. You can't I'm just push saying. Rob over him. I, I get it, but when you look at Peter Yan and you look at Corey, it's going to be a good fight. I well, agree. I just want. I want to point out how hurt Aljamain is because he had to pull out of the fight, and I'm sorry that he had to do that. But he was in the corner of Rob. He looked pretty damn good. John, 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 you're doing what I normally do. I you know you I got to. You got to stop, man. Come you got to stop. You got to stop, John. You're. Dude, I think he's genius. It's brilliant. Dude, genius. Like, when when we saw the news today, were you surprised at all? Shocked. That's <laughs> what I wrote in the text, right? You're Shocking. such a compulsive oh, come liar. You're such a compulsive liar. I knew it. I knew you were a liar the first time I met you. Absolutely oh, insane to believe I'm more, this. I'm not I'm a liar. I'm a definite smartass, though. Yes, you definitely yeah. are. You definitely are. I, I sense a little sarcasm in there, John. Just a tiny bit. Just a tiny bit. Sarcasm, man. Oh, jeez. man's injured. But, He's injured. He can't fight. I understand that. Okay, so can you, uh, Dave, can you pull up the rankings for that division? Bantamweights. So now Marab's going to take a jump because I think, oh, uh, yeah, yeah, he'll take a jump. Yeah. So now you've got Aldo, Rob Font, Corey Sanhagen, TJ. Look, if any of those guys in the top five, they probably are not going to want to fight him because it's not, what is it, two weeks? So Cor- no, TJ can't do it. TJ's got knee surgery. What's, what's the date of that fight? 30th. Is it a, October 30th? Yes. Yeah, that's, that's not three weeks. Two weeks. I said two weeks. Are you high? <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry. It's September, right? It's September. So I thought we're it was October. September. I thought we were October like nineteenth or something like that. Oh sorry. my god! Okay, you, okay, you okay. missed a lot of things. Yeah. At that point, I just want you to know, <laughs> bro. Hey, Scott. Uh, no, sorry, Scott. I was about to call you Scott. John, uh, I am so messed up with all of our damn dates for oh. Bellator. We have Bellator coming up. We've got Bellator in the October sixteenth. We've got Bell- like, we've got Moscow. We've got and I'm like, okay, which shows am I? I'm like up and down. Like, oh, there's the UFC. Like, I'm trying to figure out my life right now. Yeah, I feel like there's. I feel like every morning I wake up, I'm making life choices on like where I'm going somewhere in this world. It's over. It's, four, it's over four weeks. Yeah, till yeah, that fight. So, you know, all right, it's. Against, you know, fighting someone against, like, Jan, you're going, it's tight. Yeah. It's definitely, mm. if, you, if you've been doing things the right way and you're a professional and you're in the gym, yeah, you can do it. No. No. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing, I'm it. Not doing it, John. <laughs> I'm not doing it, John. Look, TJ's out because he had knee surgery. Yeah. Uh, Corey's sure he's lingering there. Rob Corey's Font, right there. Yeah, Corey's right there. I, I agree with you. Corey's right there. Uh, Aldo's already fought him. He's out. Yeah. Uh, Marlon just lost. Honestly, Marab makes a really good sense. He's in shape. He's ready to go. 
I'm just I'm just throwing a wrench in there because of what he said. I will if never fight Aljo. You're trying well, guess to throw what? a major wrench. Yes. Yeah. John, what's wrong with that? Why why why, why are you trying to make Marab fight Aljo? If why if are I was you a, trying if, to make teammate fight teammate? It's for the title. That's the way it should be. If you're gonna fight if, your if teammate, gonna, it better be for. If you're gonna a title. fight your teammate. It should be for the title. Better be I for agree. a title. And I think stylistically, right? We've seen one. The only guy that's real. The only guy that's really beaten Peter Yan has been what? Magomed Magomedov. Magomed Magomedov. It's fantastic wrestling wrestler. Style, very much like Marab. wrestling style. Good, yeah. Marab, good wrestling. Strong. Got throws on the feet, which I don't think would be smart against Peter Yan. But I think the wrestling aspect of it all makes for a good fight. It makes for a really good fight. I think that's style right there. Marab's got a good chance of beating Peter Yan. But if he wins that interim title, because they're saying it's going to be for the interim title, which should be, yeah. um, that puts him right in that position. Hey, you take this fight. You're fighting him no matter what if you win. But I don't want to hear shit. You shut your fucking whore mouth and you fight that guy. <laughs> that's really what it comes down to. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. Uh. <laughs> and I, I could see because there was ways. I'm just being honest. Like there was ways that Dana was trying to plot Swick, Koscheck, and Fitch sure. all against each other to fight each other, and just never, it never came to fruition. And I'm gonna be honest. Dana had reached out to me as well as Joe when I, when I beat Nate, that they were trying to get me to fight Gray, and I was like, Gray trains with me now, Gray Maynard. I'm like, yeah. no, he trains with me. I'm like, I'm not fighting Gray. Gray can fight somebody else. Gray, I was like, Dude, look, if we were fighting for the title, it'd be different. We're not fighting for the title. And then it was like, okay. Then it was, uh, hey, Khabib is 20-something. No, after after I had cornered Khabib twice, they saw me in, in Khabib's corner. They were like, hey, you know, like, uh, you know, what happens if you guys match up? I'm like, we have a long ways to go before all that shit happens. But that's the type of shit the UFC does. And not just, that's, that's promotion stuff. Not, so I'm that's not the kind of shit UFC. that you're doing now. Yeah, exactly. But let I'm not teammates with any of those let, guys. Let, let me help yeah. the UFC get it get it going. <laughs> yeah, because I already know that's what they're going to do. They need to stir that shit up because that's what sells. That's oh, we're already there. Funny. We know, John. You know, you know. <laughs> People are hating me right now because I'm being such a smart ass, and they know. And you guys, if you guys are listening to me, this is I'm just being a smart ass. You know. Um, but you look at it, TJ's out. I think Corey's the number one. Obviously, the the, the front runner. Absolutely. Yeah. I think if Corey wants to take the if fight he, in four weeks' notice. If he takes the fight, look, you have to look. Most people want a full six-week camp. They want mental preparation to be like, hey, that's the guy I'm fighting. And Corey's worked his way back up after losing to Aljo. He's worked his way back up. He's ready to go. Yeah, I but think, he has a lot. Hold on. He's got a loss against TJ. That's true. I agree. Okay, so I agree. He's in a position of, you're going to give me a shot? Take yeah. it. He's yeah. got to take it. Got to take yeah, it. But do, I guess do they do they give it to him though, or do they give it to Rob Font? Rob well, Font's they might give hands. it to Rob Font based upon his win, but you know it's hey, you know Corey. A lot of people will look at that fight and go, really close. Because you look like right, Cody Garbrandt. He's at twenty five now. Frankie Edgar just yeah. lost. Yeah, he had bad loss, and then you got Pedro. Who, Pedro think, lost. He lost. You got Dominic Cruz. You're not going to run that back. He's not going to go all the way up to the title shot. I think Marab's right there at eleven. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, John, he's not, he's not John, at eleven. He's not he's at gonna, eleven he's anymore. Gonna, he's he's going to be moving up. So he'll be up. He'll be up past. Co- he'll be at six. I agree. He'll be at six. But you're you're look at you trying to stir shit up. And I know Anyways, what you're doing. All right. Okay. Let's move on. Let's move on. I tried. I tried. I tried all to sell right. it. But it was and what like ice, what, ice what a round <laughs> and what a performance by Marab. You got to yes. give the, unbelievably tough. 
stayed in there, and then, I mean, from the point, landed every offensive thing. You know, that was going to be a 10-8, you know, easy, maybe even getting close to a 10-7 round, but uh, unbelievable comeback from Rob. Okay, let me jump. I'm going to throw some more into this mix. Jump! I'm going to jump. I'm going to throw some more into this mix. Stir the shit, dude. That's what you're doing. Marais has a hard time. Marlon Marais has a hard time. He gets tired. He's got carries a lot of muscle. Forty-five. Yes. Thank you. We've said it before. Yes. He Look peters it. out. He's fatigued. Like he can't take shots. A lot of that has to do, I think, with fucking cutting weight. It does. He's cutting so much he's weight. Thickly muscled. He has got yes. a lot of muscle on his frame, and yeah, he's he is in a position. If you're going to carry that much. You have got to move up. Yeah. I, I, what I think is this, as I think that he cut so much weight, his chin is not what it used to be against p- fighters that were less, I agree. lesser than him when he was fighting the World Series of Fighting. Then yep. he came to the UFC. He's fighting a lot top-level guys, a lot more, more top-level guys, and there's more of them. So yeah, every fight repeated. is a dogfight. Yeah, yep. every fight's a dogfight. But when I look at him, though, I'm like, you are so thick. You could go to 45, and I think you would have great performances. The issue that he has probably is that he feels like he's not tall. He's definitely not long and lanky, but he's not tall. He's probably, I don't know, 5'3", five, 5'2", five, no. <laughs> but he's not. No, he's 5'4", five, 5'5". Five, five. <laughs> but, I mean, you know what I mean? Like, he's he's not a tall, lanky guy, but he is very thick. His legs, his his waist is small, but his shoulders and his chest, all of those things together. He's a phenomenal fighter. I think he's killing himself to make the weight, and, and it's he's affecting only, his performance. He's what, 32, 33 years of age? Something, Something. like that? I think he, yeah, and as he gets older, it's going to be harder and harder to make the weight, and the chin's going to go less and less. He's 33 years old. Just yeah, go okay. up, man. And, and Three in a, a row. Look, take a, but take a look at the list of people that he's fought. I you agree. Know, his last bit. Stop it right there. Okay, you got Jimmy Rivera. Okay, well, you got Dotson. Let's say the last 10 fights. Dotson, Aljamain Sterling, win-win. Jimmy Rivera, win uh, Unsacal, I can't say his name. Asuncio. gets a win against him. He loses that championship fight to Henry Cejudo. All right, gets one win against Aldo, and then Sanhagen, Font, and now Marab, all losses and stuff. Look, he's he's fighting fucking killers. Yeah, every fight is against someone that's a stud. One forty-five. It's not going to be any worse. No, I agree with I you. It's going to be here, better, but it ain't going to be worse, and you're going to feel better. John, I have pitched this f- throughout my whole career. 155-pound weight class is the best and the greatest ever to exist in MMA. But let me say this right now, because I'm very, very biased when it comes to this shit. No. You shut your <laughs> mouth. But when it comes to right now, in 2021, 135 pounds across the world is the greatest division. I br- Hands I down, I think it's. The I agree. Great. If you look at the fighters in Bellator, you look at the fighters in um, UFC, and they say if you even look at a lot of the fighters in one, one they are the PF- most PFL. Sta- PFL, the most stacked division across the board nationwide. This worldwide, is, worldwide. Yeah, sorry, worldwide. Yeah, um, absolutely, hands down, hands I down. Was, right I, now, I was asked that question on Twitter, and I said, you yeah. know, right now, bar none. Featherweights and bantamweights are the toughest weight classes there are. And then there are the people, oh, no, the UFC's light lightweight division. It's like, dude, we're not about? talking about just no. the lightweight. and It's not even close. Even the UFC's bantam, bantamweights and featherweights are more stacked than the lightweights, although the lightweights are studs. 
Yeah, when you look at divisions, you look at when when people are like, oh, like when I I actually saw that tweet when someone said the lightweights in the UFC, and I was like, yeah, but the problem is though, is that the UFC only has they like, say eight of them. Sure, they're stacked, but th- we've also we've also seen there's several of them in there that are in their late thirties, yep. which means that it's not as stacked as you really believe. And I'm not trying to take anything away from the ones that have been there for the longest time. Tony, uh, RDA, like they've been in there forever. They've been the top guys in the world, but we're no longer elite anymore. Yeah. Like I don't see them being a champion. I can see them making a run. I could, but I don't see them being champion. And, I, and I'm just being, I'm being honest. I see them making a run, the potentially, but I don't see them being champion. John's shaking his head no for those you guys listening to us on audio right now. I want you guys to understand how mean <laughs> how mean John is. I'm not being, being mean. Very... I'm just being honest. And right now, yeah. Tony's coming off of three losses. He's going to make uh, a run. He needs to get a win. It has happened before. Okay, John? I'm not have saying. Some I'm saying. Have some Got to get a win. I'm a Tony Ferguson fan. I'm a huge Tony fan. Doesn't sound like it, John. That does. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know you are, John, John. John, like if you guys are, if you guys are listening to us right now on our audio platforms, you guys have to understand. John is a huge fan of Tony. Tony used to train at your gym. Yep. You guys have love the guy. Yeah, kills me. Kills me to watch him lose. Yeah, it, it's it's horrible. It, yeah. it is. It is because he he's a stud, man. He's an absolute stud. Yeah. But um, I don't know how we got off on this tangent. But I really believe the fifty-five pound division. It's good. Don't get me wrong. And I'm oh, like is, I said, I'm extremely biased. It's good across the across the world. But when we're talking the best division right now in the world, it's 135. It's Bantamweights. Yep. Hands down, Bantamweights right now are the best in the division. Best in the world across every promotion, Bantamweights. Um, all right. Yes, where do we sir. go? Go back. I agree. The, finally, I'm so glad. Uh, glad you I said something it. very intelligent. <laughs> I like that. Man. I say things that are intelligent all the time. You just can't comprehend sometimes. <laughs> a little slow being 80 years old. Okay. All right. Let's talk about the main card. Let's get to it. Jessica Andrade. Faces against Cynthia Calvillo, man, you just saw you saw the difference. We kind of talked about this, and I said yeah. Jessica Andrade has got too much power, too much strength, too much ferocity. I know what happened with her against Valentina, but Valentina's on a different level. Yeah. She's you know she's three steps above everyone else. Jessica Andrade, she's a stud. She's been a world champion. She can fight with anyone. And when you're talking about you know. She used to be the strawweight champion. Now she's a flyweight. Well, Cynthia started out as strawweight and had to move up. And you're looking, you're going, where where is Cynthia's strength? Well, it's really actually on the ground. She she's she's a good grappler. Her her power in her striking is just not that much that it's going to stop someone like a Jessica. And you saw that in the fight. You know, she was touching her at times. It just had no effect. And when you cannot make your opponent respect your power, respect the fact that you can hurt them, it becomes a difficult fight. And Jessica had zero respect for the power of Cynthia. Yeah, when I look at Jessica Andrade, what I look at is I look at the first first you look thing at that tall, comes, long, and oh, never. Mind. No, 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 absolutely not, absolutely not. But what I think of and who I think of is Gray Maynard. Wow, why is that one? The bully walk you down, throw big shots. Yeah. Like that's the style. Like after Gray got away from being a wrestler and started falling in love with his power in his hands. Oh my god, yes. Jessica Andrade has that same type of you know, like just the bully just walk you down. I'll take one shot, deliver one. I'll take two shots to deliver one. Like she she's a she's an absolute bulldog. 
and just walks you down, just touches you and touches you and touch, and they add up. And then you just, once you're fighting off your back foot, you're not the same fighter. Yeah, and that's so what happened to Cynthia tonight. She was fighting off her back foot. She never became the same fighter. That's after. why I call Jessica my Joe Frazier. That, she I fights can see that. like Joe Frazier, man. She comes forward. She just stalks. She'll take shots to give shots because in the end, she knows my shots are going to have more effect than yours. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I would have to agree with you 100% in terms of the Joe Frazier comment. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect in that. Perfect uh, comparison. Um, okay, so Curtis Blaze and uh, Jarzinho. Man, I'll tell you what. I understand. You know, when we talked about this with you know Jarzinho and comparing him to Derek, who you know ended Lewis, up knocking. Yeah, Derek. I'm sorry, Derek Lewis, who ended up knocking out Curtis Blaze, and we were saying, yeah, a little bit difference, maybe not quite of explosive. I'm not gonna say not quite. Not willing to throw his damn hands at times yeah. when that person is coming into range. You've got to take those chances. You are losing the fight based upon you are fainting. You are not throwing. You got to throw it. And and I, I was impressed when Jarzino got up off of that first takedown because it was a really nice takedown. It was good body positioning by Curtis. And you saw, you know, Rosenstrike be able to get himself back to his feet. I thought, okay, that'll give him some confidence. Again, he's not throwing. And then he does the flying knee, which hurts Curtis. You can see it hurts him. And ends up getting taken down right after it. And you go, oh, man. He just needs to throw. The more you impact your opponent, the less they want to try to come into range. Because it hurts. You know, and, and when you got a guy that's a wrestler like Blades, I know you got to be careful, but you got to throw. No, I agree with you. Um, but I want to go back to, I want people to actually go back and take a look at the second Cain Velasquez and Junior Dos Santos fight. Yeah. You guys got to take a look at that fight. And then I want you guys to take a look at how Curtis Blades fights. Now, Curtis Blades is tall, long, and lanky. I get it. I understand. I, I, I've created this whole thing. I've created this monster where I have to keep saying you, it. You but have. he is tall, long, and lanky. He's got good wrestling. I would... I. The, the issue that I have is if you go back and you watch the Kane fight, he shoots, he doesn't get it, he shoots again, he shoots on his knees, stays he low. keeps doing, he stays low, avoids the big punches. He's sometimes in moments in that first round and second round, he's chasing Junior around on his hands and knees at his yep. ankles. The biggest problem with wrestlers and fighters that become wrestlers that become fighters, I should say, is their ego gets in the way. They feel it's embarrassing. They have to chase after a fighter on their hands and knees. It's not embarrassing if at the end of the fight, your hand is the one being raised and you're collecting your bonus check. Yep. So, Curtis, I thought you I thought you did good on the feet. Well, but why take a chance with someone who has the power that he has? Don't do that. Utilize your wrestling. He cannot stop. And we have seen he cannot stop two and three and four takedowns. You are so damn good in your wrestling. I don't think a lot of these fighters, okay, in the heavyweight division can stop your takedowns. And sure, maybe they'll stop the first one because we've talked about MMA and the growth of men's MMA. Women's MMA is catching up. They're getting there. But in terms of the wrestling and stopping the men's wrestling of the second and the third takedown, it's only gotten to the second. It hasn't gotten to the third yet. If you can chain wrestle to the third takedown, that second and the third, your chance of getting the takedown is, I would say, 95, 98%. He's got that in him. He's just got to do it. 
And the problem is, is that he starts getting into this exchange, you know, and that's a big reason. And this is a big reason why Corey Anderson left because UFC was putting pressure on him to be a stand-up guy. He's not a stand-up guy. He didn't want to be that guy. And guess what? He tried to be, and it didn't work for him. Then he got back to doing what he was doing. He became dominant again. And then he left. He left the UFC as a number four ranked guy in the world. Yep. Okay. Now he's in the tournament with, you know, the, the light heavyweight world grand prix for Bellator. He's doing well. He's in the semifinals. Curtis Blades is the same type of fighter. Same. He's sure he's got a little bit more confidence with his stand up, but you're not a stand up guy. Not against guys like Derek I don't Lewis. think he's got more not- confidence than Corey in his stand up. I really don't. I, that, I okay. At, that might be true. I, I look at Curtis as a guy who is hesitant in his stand up. He'll, he'll, He'll give good movement. He's got good footwork. But when it comes to throwing, he throws once, yeah. which tells me you're not confident because it's the combinations that are going to make something. And when you're talking about the difference that you saw, you know, they made the comment uh, before the fight that, you know, Rosenstrike said something about, you know, I've done a thousand sprawls, you know, getting ready for this. It's Sprawling is very rare that you have to do that in MMA anymore because shots from the outside don't really work that well. It's the shot can set up, as you say, the chain wrestling into the second maneuver, which is now I'm onto a single leg. And then my maneuver is I'm now into a clinch, a body lock. And the takedown is coming off of that inside or outside trip. Now we're turning the corner on it and we're on the ground. It's all these things that, that add up. And that's what Curtis has. Curtis doesn't have just, you know, freestyle wrestling, which he can do, but he's got a very good clinch game and he understands, you know, what to do in that clinch and with his trips and everything. He's going to get a guy like, you know, Jorginho down almost every time from that position. So you've got to use your hands just to get into that position. You're not using your hands to win the fight. No. You're using your hands to get you into a position so you can take the fight to the ground where you are strong. That way you can win the fight. But look, we're, we're preaching. I think we're, yeah. The biggest thing is like, I want, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not talking about, I'm not trying to be negative. He fought a good fight. He fought a great fight. He got the win, did exactly what he's supposed to do. I just think that there comes a moment with guys like Jarzinho where you just have to realize he cannot out wrestle me. No. I don't give a shit if I got to chase this guy down on his, on my hands and knees to grab his ankles and his toes. Okay, as soon as I grab a hold of him, this dude's going down, and that that that's almost what happened almost every single time. Now, sure, Jarzino got up, and I think I think Curtis just kind of like was okay. We're back on our feet, but just get back in there. Don't give him any seconds to survive. Don't give him any moments to get a breath because. No matter what, like Koscheck said this before, he's like, you can't teach a grown man how to wrestle. I know it backfired when, he, when he fought GSP. I got that. But <laughs> what you can't do, though, which is very rare to do, is take someone who, who is a striker like him, like Jarzinho and Derek Lewis, and guys that are mainly strikers, yeah. and give them the wrestling conditioning to do it repetitively. Someone like Curtis Blades, he can chain wrestle. For for 15 minutes, I believe. You know, sure, it's going to take some, you gotta take a little break in between. Circle, stay away. Circle, stay away. And chain wrestle again. He can do it. Jarzinho can't do that well, for look, t- five minutes. Look at his fight against Volkov. Yeah. Right? When he had that fight, it was five rounds. And look, he wrestled his ass off. And he, yep. he wrestled Volkov to the point, you know, that Volkov was exhausted. And he was tired, too. But 
that's when he got some, you know, bad reviews from the president, Dana White, saying, oh, that was horrible. It was boring and stuff. It's like, no, it was effective. And if you're going to fight a six foot seven kickboxer and you're not, probably a good idea to take him to the ground. Yeah, the the thing is that the heavyweight division in the UFC it's a it's a weak division right now, and what you have is for him he's a standout guy because he's a wrestler. There's not a lot of wrestlers in Name that the division. the other wrestler in there, Stipe. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's as all. soon as Cormier if, left, it was gone. Yeah, if we look at that division, you've got Stipe, you've got Curtis. That's it. Shamil just lost. I mean, like you you have no one. You have no one yeah. there that can wrestle. Like Tybura and Sakai, they're they're not wrestlers. I mean, they sure they have decent, like not Sakai, but Tybura. He has Aspinall's decent. has got good down. grappling. He's not yeah, a good wrestler. Just, yeah, exactly. So I mean, when you're talking like, like Curtis, this is your this is your weight class to win. Yeah, it really is. If you fight smart, don't care what your president of the UFC says. Don't care what the fans say. Don't chase these fucking people around on your hands and knees and grab the ankle and lift it up. And guess what? They're once they hit their back, they're like a turtle on their back. Anyways, I know. Back. Anyways, um, but overall, good performance by Curtis Blades. I know we ranted on. I ranted on we quite did. a bit about that whole thing. Uh, Robbie Lawler, Nick Diaz. All right, now we want to thank our sponsor, MyBookie.ag. Head to MyBookie now and use your promo code WayneIn to start off with a double deposit bonus. That promo code WayneIn to double your money, so you can double your winnings with MyBookie.ag. Use the promo code WayneIn, and that's not all. If you deposit now, you'll also get a free entry into MyBookie's fifty thousand dollars NFL Survivor Pool. That's a double deposit bonus, free money on UFC, and free shot at fifty thousand dollars. That's what I call a winning season. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with mybookie.ag. Use the promo code Wayne In. What'd you think? I thought I thought Nick looked a lot better than I thought he would be. Uh, you know what? I will say this. First off, Robbie was in shape. God bless you, Robbie, yes. for getting in shape, being motivated. I'm glad that Nick motivated you to uh, put in the extra time because Robbie was more active than any time that I've seen him in the last yeah. three, four years. Yep. I mean, just, I mean, he was throwing. Now, I I do believe he had the comfort factor of knowing Nick's gonna not, not going to try to take me down. So that's a good thing, you know. Nick also had the comfort factor of Robbie's not going to try to take me down. So they're, they're basically out there just throwing, you know, shots at each other. But, boy, they threw a lot of shots. The, the one thing I will say with Nick is, you know, man, he can throw – and be offensive. And this is when we're talking in world multiples, combinations. Look at how many one, two, threes, four, fives, six, sevens Nick was throwing that he was landing. He was Robbie was doing a good job of rolling and moving and, and defending well. And it was the sixth, seventh shot that would come in that would hit yeah. him solid because he didn't have all that movement to get past that because he didn't see it. And Nick has always done that. I did a fight of Nick's when he fought Scott Smith that no one's going to remember. But I believe in one round he landed 200 and some shots. Jeez. Okay? That was one round. One five-minute round he landed. Not through. Landed. Like 200 freaking shots. That's the kind of output that Nick Diaz was famous for. And he, he was trying to bring it back. It's just he'd been gone too long. And you could definitely see... 
Nick was never a real fast guy, but he slowed down even more. The shots were just a little bit slower. Just yeah, a little I, bit. They, look, they were a little bit slower, but like you said, he was never a fast guy. Yeah. That was, but the other thing is, well, I don't want to take anything away from Robbie. Robbie looked absolutely nope. phenomenal. He was phenomenal. in great shape. Yep. I, I was concerned when Robbie came out in the first round, started pushing the pace, letting the hands go right away. I was like, oh, what are you doing? That's because you Robbie. were used to the Robbie of the last three, four years that he's gotten tired. Yeah. And I, like, I, like, did, I did the fight with him against Donald Cerrone, and that was, well, let's say, 2017, I would say, somewhere in there. So we're talking four years ago. Yeah. And, Look, he had he took the second round off. He won the first round and he threw a lot of shots. He had to take the, he took it off. He didn't throw anything. So Donald won that round easily, you know. And then so it was all about you know coming into the third round. And and Robbie started doing that in a lot of his fights. And you could see he was prepared in this one. He was going to be able to go out on every round, five rounds didn't matter, and he was going to put shots on Nick. And you know Nick had to do something to, to fight it off. But the fact that Robbie was able to to move Nick backwards just took more gas out of Nick too. Yeah, it did. It did. Um, what I w- I was texting with uh, Robbie's manager, Dave Martin, uh, early before the fight started. And then I texted him a little bit during the fight, but I was telling him, I said, look, Robbie's been one of my favorite fighters since the moment he got signed. I watched him fight at uh, Calusa casino up in the middle of Podunk, California in the middle of nowhere. I watched him fight. I mean, it wasn't Calusa. It was probably another little shithole casino at the time. Anyways, uh, and then we both fought on the same card in Shogun in Hawaii. And I was a huge fan of him then. He came out and he starched at that first casino fight. He starched, landed Showwater in like 19 seconds or some shit. Just nasty, just KO, quick, just arms went stiff. Absolutely amazing, like just knockout. I was a big fan of him ever since then. Then I saw him fight in Shogun. He had a great performance there as well. Um, I've been a big fan. I was texting Dave. I'm like, dude, he's been one of my favorite fighters ever since I've met the kid. He was 19 years old at the time. And then, um, and I said, what was encouraging to me when I saw him at the weigh-ins, I was like, well, he looks small. The reason why he looks small is because he's fucking fit. He's in shape. He was in shape. I'm like, that's the Robbie Lawler that was the champion, that won the title, that carried right. the title for a while. And then you could just tell he started losing that, like, okay, this is getting kind of old. Yep. You know what I mean? Um, and Nick motivated him again. And I think that's great. I think it's amazing. Now, I'm not going to take anything away from Nick either. Six, no. six years away. Six years away. Fought his ass off. Fought his fucking ass off. That's right. Look, this shit happens. Look, and I think also, I don't know if he'll be back, and I hope he is, because I want to see him fight again. But are we going to see, and now he's got himself in there. We're going to see a Nick that I think maybe has adjusted to like, look, the fight week, the preparation, the the camp, all that stuff. Those are all things that people like for six years, you're away. Now you jump back into it and just have a camp. Those are a lot of things that are hard to deal with. Now, look, I know for the last two weeks, we've been talking about Nick Diaz, and I got a lot of shit that some of it was deserved, some of it wasn't, but I want everyone to understand that Nick Diaz and Nate, I truly, truly love watching them fight. I have fans of them. I enjoy everything that they do. I will never, I'm not saying bad things, I'm not saying bad things about them at all that I don't believe is not true. So if it's something that I say, don't take it as if like I'm trying to downplay them. They're fucking phenomenal. Everything about them is phenomenal. They're great athletes. They're great people. People no. don't see the, the side of them that are great people. Nah. They're great people. Oh, you know, hold on. Let, let's. I, I know you know people talked about the the interview that uh, Nick had with yeah. Brett Okamoto. You know, 
yeah, I understand why people were concerned and everything. Although the one thing that I wanted, I want you to know, Nick's being honest. Yeah, man, don't don't you like the fact that someone is actually being honest with you and looking at things and not sitting there and and hyping something? Just being honest with the way he looks at it. Being honest of no, man, I don't like the fight. No, man, all these guys are fucking liars. All these guys are saying, oh man, it's great. I love it. You're, you're fucking liars. You're afraid going in there because bad things can happen. He's being honest. You know, I, I love that about him and stuff. And, and you know, the fact that, you know, he didn't want this fight with Robbie and he felt that it was wrong. They weren't going to give him Kamaru Usman. No. You know, that's that's not even part of the, the conversation. But, you know, I do like the fact that he doesn't sit there and, and play the hype game or anything like that. He just tells you the way he, he sees yep. it. You might not agree. That's okay. But I loved everything that he uh, was putting out. When you look at him and his brother, you guys got to remember that whole deal that with uh, Masvidal and Nate, when the whole USADA testing and all that shit, and the UFC came out and trying to like backdoor him and say, hey, right. if you just take the fight, just take we'll clear the fight. it up, we'll, we'll work clear it, it out later. later. Bullshit. Bullshit. We don't work shit out later. We work it out now. And for all of those people that are judging Nick for his interview, sure, maybe you guys are not used to hearing fighters talk that way. Not even just fighters, athletes, period. Because every athlete sits behind their 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 uh, publicist and they're just being fed full of bullshit that they feed to you guys and you guys just fucking slurp it up. Well, yep. guess what? That's not true. These guys, all athletes, NFL, NBA, baseball, all of them, they all want to tell you the truth, but they can't because their publicist tells them, no, you'll get burned, you'll lose money, you'll lose sponsors. That's guess right. what? Nick don't give a shit. Nate don't give a shit. And that's what makes them so authentic and so real and so fucking fun to watch fight because that's who they are. And when I sit here and I tell you guys like, hey, I was concerned for him going into the fight. And then when that 185 thing was announced and I was more concerned, I was like, okay, he didn't look the way he looked two and a half months ago when he was doing a triathlon. And like, it just, it, it started bothering me. I'm like, look, I want to see him fight. I want to see him fight. Well, I love, I, he is great for the sport, not just him, him and his brother, both that scrap pack, Jake Shields. Gilbert Melendez, all the guys that come out of there, they've all been great for the sport. You can't deny that. And so I grew up in this area in the Bay Area and, and where they're just, they've, their legacy and their legends and all that shit fucking carries on. I was, like I said, I was at Smoke Eaters tonight. Everyone was there to watch him. Yeah. As soon as he lost, three quarters of the crowd left. Yeah. They didn't give a shit about Ortega and Volk. They didn't care about Shevchenko. They didn't give a shit. They fucking bounced out. I mean, that lets you know that his legend, his legacy still lives on around the Bay Area, at least in the Bay Area. I know it lives on everywhere else. You know what I mean? So, no, I have nothing bad to say about Hold them. I, I love watching them both fight. Especially, I want Nick. you to think about this, okay? UFC, all right? You're the promotion. You're the one that decides. So, Robbie Lawler, an ex-champion, walked out first. Yeah. To a guy that hasn't been there for six years and was never a champion for you. What does that say? Yeah. They know how they their, their uh, bread is buttered. They, they knew where the, the, the butts, they knew who was putting butts in the seats. You know, yeah. let's just be honest. And yeah. I don't want to beat a, a dead horse, but the bottom line is I have a lot of respect for Nick. I have a lot of respect for his brother, Nate. I have a ton of respect for Robbie Lawler. Yep. The fact is both of them came out ready to they fight. They fought their asses they off. They fought their asses Loved off. Loved it. Look, I've seen little guys not put out that much output in that amount of time. 
they fought their asses off and I give and when when we had a question I think on our way in interjection so if you guys haven't caught that show will this bring back the legend type fights for the UFC cuz the UFC's like ah oh, a bunch of old people we're not putting that fight on I'm sorry but I I I want to I want to see fights like this some more because guys like Nate are not they Nate, fight Nate like that. Nick, they fight like that and when you when you get two older guys who have been around the game for a long time and they get to fight another older guy the motivation trickles up in their ass like we saw with Robbie Lauder tonight and sort of Tightening up his sphincter, he started fucking get ready to fight. He was ready to go. Oh, he yeah. stepped on the scale. He looked lean. He came into the fight. He had the bounce in his step. He looked like the young Robbie Lawler that I remember when he got signed by the UFC back in like 2001, 2002. That's the type. That, those are the type of fights that I'm really encouraged to see. And I, I was actually very happy with both of them. Yeah. I thought it was uh, action-packed. They both brought it for as much as they could. There's going to be people that say, that, you know, why did Nick, you know, why, why did he quit? He, he was tired. He got hurt, man. And it, yeah. it, it was done. And that's okay. There's nothing yeah. wrong with that. that. This is the one thing that, you know, always separated boxing and MMA. An MMA fighter was able to say, done, tap, whatever it is, you know, and it was never a bad thing. And then it started to become, oh, you know, we don't tap to strikes. Bullshit. You know what? You get hurt. You know what? You, you you can't. You say it's just not there for me. I have no problem with what he did. I thought he gave everything that he had, put on a great performance, fought against a tough dude, and after six years, man, to come back and fight the way he did, awesome. GSP did an interview. Um, I don't know. I'd say probably like a month ago, where he talked about people gave him such a hard time and the stigma around him tapping the strikes because of the Matt Sarah thing. Uh, Matt, and then GSP came out and said he's like. I don't regret it at all. He's like, I knew, I knew in that moment that I wasn't going to win that fight. He's like, it, when you knew that somebody had your number, he's like, why would I take more damage? Just get out, reassess, go back to camp, figure it out, and then come back and win. That was it. Okay. And that's, I'm, I'm going to tell you straight out. I did that fight, right? I never saw him tap. Oh, okay. well, no, it's because I'm looking down at him and he's getting barraged and I stopped it right at the time that he tapped because yeah. I was stopping the fight. So it didn't matter. I was stopping it. Yeah. You know, he, it, the whole thing with him tapping. So what? Yeah. I was going to stop the fight anyways. That's what I was doing. I never saw it. There's honesty. Yeah. The, 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 what people need to understand is that he got out price. It only takes, it only takes. And, and, and I'm going to be very frank with you guys. Cause like how Nick was frank with you guys in his interview, I'm going to be very frank with you guys. My career changed after the Tony Ferguson fight. I didn't like to be hit. I hated training. I didn't like to be sparred. I didn't want to be hit by anybody. It was, it was one of those life changing fights where in training, it was no longer fun anymore. And that's hard for fighters to swallow. They really believe they can keep doing what they were doing. And the reality had set in, that I didn't want to do it anymore. That I was like, okay, look, I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. Sure, I had a couple wins after that, but it weren't they. They weren't my performances. They weren't my best performance. And also throughout those performances, the whole time I was thinking, it is not going to take much to rock me, hurt me, you know, whatever it was. And then I felt it and saw it in the Patricio fight or the Patricky fight. Patricky fight. Because he grazed me on the top of my head, not even with his his fist. He grazed me with his forearm, and it sat me to my butt in the first round. Yep. And the second round came out and we clashed heads. I had never, I butted heads several times in several fights, sure. never been dropped, never been rocked, never been sure. It was like a quick jolt, like, oh, that hurt. But then you got back to fighting. 
the reality had set in that it was it was time. It only takes a fight like a Tony Ferguson fight to change your life, to change yeah. to change the way your career goes. And sure, right. I was older. I get it. I understand that part of it all. And then that's why when I spoke on the Tony situation where he was my age and then losing the way he was losing, whether it was to Oliveira or to Gaethje, because those fights, they change the alter. They change the direction of your career. They change. They take. They take years off your life. This is where I say and, you leave. You leave parts of yourself. Sometimes little tiny parts. Sometimes big parts of yourself in that cage forever. You don't yeah. get them back. I, I told a chilling story, and it's it might still be on our on our channel. But I told the story about it, and podcast Dave did a good thing uh, in terms of uh, breaking it down in terms of like on um, the the clip saying Josh Thompson tells chilling story about the Tony Ferguson fight. I kid you not. I lost so much blood in that fight. When I got back to the to the back locker room, I was shivering. And I got fully naked, tried to take a shower, and I couldn't stop shivering for 30 minutes. I was shivering there, just freezing, cold, and I'm in an arena that actually wasn't that cold. Yeah. You know, and I got, you know, I was just back there trying to rinse all the blood off me and I couldn't even stand. Like one of my manager, Crazy Bob, he kind of had to put his hand on me. To like hold me up because I was holding one hand on the wall, letting the water just run off me. I was stitched all the way up everywhere, but I was shivering my ass off because I had lost so much blood and so much water. Obviously, I was just dehydrated from everything and the ass kicking you got your body was in shock. I mean, that's what I got, I should say, is my body was in shock. And to think like with GSP's having that conversation, like he knew he tapped, came out. Guess what? Ended up having a great career after that. That, smart if you think about yeah. it right it's smart like we yeah. all look at it as like oh that's you know like oh you're a coward oh no no, no now you look back and i look at it like your career is lasting a lot longer because smart. you did that you were smart he, re- he he assessed the position in which he was he was in at the time and it wasn't a, a position that he felt like he could win that fight tapped moved on you stopped the fight anyways wouldn't have mattered but exactly. then moving on he came back became champion again had a great run then he came back and became the middleweight champion. I'd say he's pretty damn fucking good. He's done a great <laughs> job. That Thursday one decision, good that decision. one decision was great for his career. That's it. You know, so. All right, let's get into uh, Shevchenko. And uh, Look, what do you think? I th- you know, I love Lauren Murphy. And we, we both knew that this was going to be a very tough fight for her to, to uh, get a victory in. But I was a little bit, I was, first off, Having your your spouse as your corner person, it's not always good because yeah. you know it's okay to have that person as the cheerleader if that's what they're there for, but when they're not being honest with you about what's happening in the fight, that's not good. And I'm I'm watching it, and Lauren's output is very low because she was she was you know having problems with the speed with the movement with everything and and she was getting hit with the front teeth kick she couldn't really stop anything nothing was there for so she was unsure of how to attack i said going into the fight i said look the the, in this fight you're you're the big underdog so go for it just be crazy you know what take a big chance take big risk go for it. it you may lose but you may catch her and that's your way of winning this fight and it wasn't there she tried to fight her in that okay we're both competitors and we're both have a chance of winning this and we're going to match up 
she couldn't match up with no. her, you know. And uh, I mean, she you know she was tough. She took a lot of shots. You know, Shevchenko throws that you know the right left then right kick combination mm-hmm. continuously. Yeah. She hit her every time with it, every time with it. And uh, I, I give it to Lauren Tough. Uh, the finish was, you know, I, it was a good stoppage by uh, Keith and that, you know, he got her out of there because there was no reason to go further with it. But, uh, look, yeah. Shevchenko, talent-wise, I've said it before, I think she's the most talented overall as far as her technical ability, you know, woman fighter out there right yeah. now. No, I agree. I agree with you. I think I think she's the best. I think she's the best female fighter in the world right now. Yeah. I don't think there's another fighter out there. Everyone says Amanda Nunes. You could say Cyborg. You could okay. say okay. Juliana Velasquez. You could say all these other fighters. Yeah. Absolutely not. I think it's her. And I I, I don't want to stamp it too hard because when I stamp anytime anyone stamps something too hard, and then she gets she loses next. She fight. gets beat. Ah, you're <laughs> like, ah, I just jinxed her. But um, <laughs> no, she's phenomenal. She's phenomenal all the way around. Like Laura Murphy, just she tried to fight like you said. She tried to fight the straight up fight. You can't. Yeah. You've got to do something different that she hasn't seen. Try to yep. catch her off guard. You've got to do the Matt Sarah GSP type thing. Yeah, go come after. out box it. Do something after. crazy. Be aggressive. Do you have nothing to lose? People have you. You were you were plus nine fifty. I think a couple days ago. Now you, I think it dropped to like dropped to like or, plus eight fifty. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. So in that situation, it's a shitty situation to be in. But you could have been the Matt Sarah situation. You know what I mean? But you've got to let it go. And she wasn't really able to do that. The one advantage she had was trying to get the wrestling, get the takedowns, and she was losing that as well. And that was just started to to downfall from there. I think the confidence. And you said in terms of the cheerleading, you know, your spouse there and this. The problem is if your if your spouse has nothing to cheer for, then what happens? It becomes you come back to the corner, you see that face of like, damn, we're not winning. Like that's the other hard part is because you know them, you know their reactions, oh, yeah. you know, you know those facial expressions from them, and that's not a position you want to be in. No, and I'm, I'm not putting you know her, her husband down at all. No, Look, he's there to help her and stuff, and I think you know to be he's a coach. He's great with the ground game. You know, and he's 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 giving it off to his to the other coaches, but they're not they're not telling her, Lauren, you, you got to throw, Lauren, yeah. you got to take chances, Lauren, you're not, you know, you can't win this, you know, if you are not being offensive, and I, and I just didn't see a whole lot of offense out of her. So, but I've seen how many, you know, ladies fight against Chevchenko and be in the same position. Yep. Yeah. All right, one of my favorite products that we endorse here at the Weighing In Podcast is Fume. Fume is the best way if you are a smoker or you know someone that smokes or vapes and they want to quit, they should quit. It's unhealthy. Fume is the best way to quit smoking or vaping naturally. It replaces that hand-to-mouth habit you have. There's all kinds of flavorful blends that are all plant-based. It's essential oils. It will curb your nicotine cravings. It has menthol sensations like peppermint and eucalyptus. Stress stress relievers that are lavender and cinnamon. There's no smoke, no vape, no nicotine, and no harmful chemicals. It's all just plants. You need to head to www.breathefume. That's F-U-M, no E, dot com, forward slash, wing in. And please spell that fume, F-U-M. Use the promo code weighing in to save 10% on your order today. If you take the quiz about super plants, you'll get an idea of what you can use and what will help you in quitting your bad habit and now coming up with a good habit 
with the fume package. The package will have the prominent, which is the piece that you will actually inhale those essential oils with. It comes with a pack of Conquer, a pack of peppermint, which I love, the black pepper, and the new white cranberry. Give it a try. You will like it. Josh, what do you think? I think that this thing has worked perfectly for a lot of my family, as well as some of my closest friends that actually listen to our show quite frequently, which is funny because sometimes families don't listen to what you're doing or your friends listen to what you're doing. But the bottom line is they've listened to us. They've actually ordered fume online and they've used it. They have suffered from COVID at certain situations where they've lost their smell and their taste. And they've started using fume and has actually helped get their taste back as well as their smell. So this is something that I was unaware of until they actually started using it because of the essential oil oils in helping them get back their smell and their taste. So if you have suffered from COVID and you guys have had problems with losing your smell and your taste, try Fume with the essential oils that will help get this back for you. It's one of the best things out there right now. No smoke. Like John said, you can have it in the car with your kids, with your family. There is no vape, no smoke. It's essential oils that come in through the nice little device that they provide for you with their little um, loading signal that goes into it. What's it called? It's a prominent. Yes, the little prominent that goes into the front of the tip. You just basically inhale on it. It's no smoke, no fume. It's been working amazing for a lot of people that I know closely to me, and they would not lie to me because they are friends with me and as well as family. So they've also said that their smell and their taste has come back because of the COVID situation. So it's something we were unaware of when we actually signed this deal with fume, and we're actually it's actually really cool that this has worked out the way it has. Yeah. All right, we had a whole lot of talk a whole lot of bad things said about each other but the volkanovsky versus brian ortega fight holy shit there were some moments in there the score does not reflect the fight that took place uh before we get started with the main card or the main event i want to say one thing because i never do this and i I, look i know i went on the tangent with nick diaz and with robbie and everything else but i want to say this because i never give this guy credit herb dean Great job tonight. Oh, I was gonna great talk about that. fucking job. Great job. <laughs> I thought when when the when there was moments there, the doctor was trying to figure out a way to stop the fight. And Brian Ortega goes, I can see. He just walked away. He can see. Let's fight. And it was it well, was not, perfect. Herb did a Herb did a good job of taking over the situation because the, yes. the fighter responds to him, but doesn't respond to the ringside physician which means the ringside physician is thinking about stopping the fight. Herb did a nice job of getting the attention of the fighter, having the fighter converse with him, getting the information that he needed, and allowing the fight to continue. So it was a good job by Herb. Great job. Great job. And I don't get Wait, I'm glad you gave credit where credit is due there, Josh. I do. I do almost all the time. But with Herb, Herb and I have had some problems in our fights before because he's repped a couple of mine, cage grabs, uh, fingers well. in the cuts, those kind of things. But uh, look, I know he's a good ref. I do. I do give him credit. I know he's a good ref, but I like to pick at him more than I like to give him credit. Tonight, though, I had to give him credit because that fight, if he would have given it a couple seconds for the doctor to make the decision, we wouldn't have seen the, the end of that fight. And it was a great fight after the fact. After that had happened. That it, round. It was, still, oh. it was still a great fight. You know, so it was a, it was a great as job by good her. good a round as Marab against Marlon was, this one yeah. probably was better. It was, it was amazing. Insane. Crazy. Absolutely Crazy. insane. All Overall. Right, so let's great. get into the fight. Overall, what do you think? like I said, 
it was a great fight. The score does not reflect the actual fight. It was so close in a lot of the rounds. I mean, I can understand why, you know, someone could have given Brian the first round if they wanted, but I would have gone probably Volkanovski, but I'm a, I was more of a Brian uh, homie. Let's Homer. just say it that yeah. way because I, I knew you were going with Volkanovski because you said yeah. you can't go against him anymore. But this, the third round. I won't go against Usman either, by the way. You just you just <laughs> got to go. You got to go to the third round because that third round, man, if you are not an Alexander Volkanovski fan, <sighs> you have got to be after that round because let me tell you something. That was tight. You saw him kicking his legs on that top side guillotine. He was Nasty. doing everything, and if you, it, uh, let's go back. We're talking about Marab. Marab had that same situation with Ricky Simon, if you remember, and he went out and it kind of came back, and then went out and it kind of came back, and there was the whole thing. And you saw Volkanovski in that position. You go, "Oh, he is in such trouble." I was like, "Oh my God, he's going to get him! Oh my God, he's going to get him!" And he got out, and then he went to a triangle. That triangle <sighs> was tight. At first, it wasn't, but. When he sat to his butt, I was like, oh, you might yeah. have him, but no. And then no. he came back and put a whooping on him. What a round. Unbelievable. John, John, like, so the first two rounds I had, obviously I had Volk winning. Volk. I had Volk winning both rounds. Yeah. First round, I could see it being close, and I wouldn't yeah. have cared either way how the, how yeah, exactly. the round would have went. But I second, had Volk second winning The second round was definitely Volk. Yeah, the second round was definitely Volk. I mean, they almost stopped it after the second round, you know, like in terms of then going to the third. I'm going to be, and look, and people maybe think that I didn't like because I because I said Volk was going to win the fight. I had the, I was like, hey, I can't go against Volk. I have never in my life, and I've been doing this a long damn time, people, okay? I have never in my life seen an athlete, when people talked about Brian Ortega's grappling, I knew it was good. I have never seen an athlete slap on a submission that damn that fast, fast and have that much threat that quick. Woo. He... He made me a believer in Which less than one second. How tight it was. <laughs> in less than one second, I was a fucking believer. And here, here's the thing. You guys at home, it's one thing to do that to your brother and your sister, like the white belt and blue belt in class. It's another <laughs> thing to do it to fucking the world champion, the way he did it that quick, that fast. And when when I was on the fight companion with him, and we were talking, because we were having a conversation about him being able to submit Khabib, and I was like, Yeah, it ain't happening. That right there, that made me. I'm like, I still don't believe he can submit Khabib before I get into this conversation. But that right there, though, that made me realize how dangerous he really was because we haven't seen that from him forever. Like, we've seen him knock out, you know, guys. We've seen him like stand and bang. We've seen him, he's got a great chin. Yeah, he's the, not the, out. I want to say the last submission I can remember, and I could be wrong, but it, I thought, it, I think it was Cub Swanson when he got the guillotine on Cub. That's the last one I can remember Brian getting. I may be wrong, but that's the one I remember. Yeah, Dave, can you pull that up? I mean, I know you're lagging a little bit because you're a little slow, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's taking notes. He's like, hey, I got timestamps. I get it. Uh, <laughs> and like, then he pulls up Volkanovski. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He doesn't even, pull, doesn't even pull up Brian. Great job, I buddy. Love Great it. job. I can see he's following along. Oh, man. People, people wonder why I give him a hard time. This is oh, so easy. Man. So easy. Let's go down to his last submission because that's what we were talking about. Yeah, that was, that it was Cub Swanson. Yeah. Cub Swanson. Yeah. Good, good, oh. job, good job, Dave. Podcast Dave. Right on task. <laughs> <laughs> I love I love me some podcast Dave, though. Um, that's the thing is we, have, we don't see it as much as we could. 
if I saw him get the takedown, I saw him get on top, if I saw his ground up, I saw people, he was attacking submission. If we got put to his back, that choke, that uh, triangle choke, I was yelling in the, I, I was yelling in the bar. I was like, oh, here comes T City. Like, here comes Triangle City. I was thinking, like, oh my God. It just, it wasn't there. It, it snuck out, got, it seemed very, very tight, though. Well, hold John. on. When he first locked it up, when yeah. he first got it, it was like, ah, you don't have that. Nah. And you saw the posture of Volkanovsky start yep. to actually beat it. Then you saw Brian adjust it and that pulled Volkanovsky in and he had it. And I was like, oh, he just locked yep. it up. And and you saw the look on Volkanovsky's face that, and I was like, yeah, he ain't going to give in. He's got to go out, man. He's, he's, he's definitely not going to tap. And I was like, all of a sudden I got to the point, I go, he's going to beat this. And all of a sudden he's busting out of he's it. gassed. Man, what a stud. It was a great. Is. That was one of the greatest rounds yeah. I think I've ever seen. Yep. If we want to talk rounds, I talk like Nick Diaz, Paul Daly. Yep. I talk this round. I talk. I know there's some other rounds. I mean, but I would say probably somewhere in one of those. I want to say it was round three with uh, Whaley Zhang and Ioana. I think it was round three. Um, but th- there's been a lot of really good rounds. I have to actually oh, yeah. write, sit down and write these fucking rounds down because this is driving me crazy right now. <laughs> this is absolutely amazing. Like, there's so many damn good rounds. That one was great. <sighs> but that was a great, great round. Um, and then, you know, and you saw just Volk just start coming on. You know what really was crazy by me? was I was just flabbergasted by. Volk was pushing the pace in the fourth round. He came out and was pushing the pace in the fifth. But fifth halfway, round he lost. Halfway through the fifth round... He just was like, I'm gassed. Yes. He went from like. And Brian I, was, all of a sudden got energy. He was the Energizer Bunny until about two minutes into the fifth round. And I all of a sudden he was like. I could not believe after those submission attempts, the yeah. energy that he had that he was hitting with. Because you know that you're not oh, yeah. breathing. No, I know. You know, and your heart rate is high and all the things that are happening. And then you go from one submission attempt where you're not breathing to another one where you're not really breathing. Yeah. And then the unbelievable. Just fantastic. Loved it. What a performance by Volkanovski. What a performance by Brian Ortega, man. He's got nothing to feel bad about. I know it didn't end the way, you know, he would, you know, like would have liked it to have ended, but god damn it. He showed heart. He fucking stayed in there. You know there was moments in his mind he's like I don't want to be in here anymore. Yeah. And he just said, no, I'm going to, I'm coming back out, came back out, put on one hell of a performance. Absolute great performance by both fighters. <clears throat> like Brian just stole me in the third round. This the way he slapped on submission after submission real quick. And then he also threatened a little bit in the beginning of the fourth, like after basically almost being like told that the fight was going to be stopped. That whole situation. Like he's fucking great. Great. Phenomenal job by both fighters. Uh, but Dave, pull up the rankings please for that division. Okay. So John, where does, where does Brian go from here? And where does that's one thirty-five, forty-five. Yeah. Right here. Yeah. Yep. You were on right the there. other one. Yeah. I'm, I'm well, we, yeah. It's okay. You've got I Max know. Holloway is, I guess, fighting Yari Rodriguez. They announced that. Yeah. We'll see. So, <laughs> I, got, uh, I don't understand yeah. how that guy's still in the fucking rankings, man. Just boot him out and like have him fight Edson Barboza. Beat it. Like do something else, man. 
I'm sorry. I'm not. A, I'm not a Yair fan. I think he's talented. I think he's a great fighter. I think he could be really good, but he just he has that. Gosh, it just drives me crazy, man. I can't believe they're giving him Max. I don't know. Anyways, go on. So who who do you think? So Max and Yair are gonna fight. Let's just say they're gonna fight. Yep, they're gonna. And fight. Then you've got Brian. Where does Brian go from here? Well, he's Brian's already beat Korean Zombie. He's gonna he's gonna drop down one or two, but not much. After that I mean, performance. He's not he going to drop that much. Yeah, Yair will go up one for someone who hasn't fought. I don't know. How, when was the last no, time Yair fought? 15 months? Yeah. How is he still but in the rankings? Has he fought any of these guys? No. Now, where, where, what was the last time he fought? What was the last time Yair fought? I think it was Jeremy, wasn't it? Yeah, but when? The second time? 17, I think. 2019. Yep. Jesus. Jeremy the second time? Look at that. It's going to be I mean, almost two years. To three years? Two Yeah, two years? and he's number three. Yeah, three years. 2021, right? Yeah. 2019. That's two yeah, years. Yeah, I'm, I'm saying this is 2021. Am I right? Yeah. I, mean, I know CT yeah. is kicked in every once in a while, but like, fuck it, 2021, correct? Yeah, you're I right. I wrote the date today Good a couple job. times. Jesus. <laughs> fuck. Three years he's still in the rankings. Didn't they just, didn't they like, not Two really years, strip? Josh. 19 to 20 and then 21. Okay, two years. Okay, two years. Like That's I said, I'm not good at math. Math, whatever. That's why I leave it up to John. <laughs> All right, so two years, still two years, like it's, it's too long, man. Anyways, all right, so let's get it. Brian fights. Who does he fight? I mean, I, I mean, there's, there's different people you could put him in. You could say Brian Bryce Mitchell would be fun. You know, he, I wouldn't put him against Giga right now. I would put him against someone that's a grappler. I want to see. Give someone like Bryce Mitchell a tough fight. Uh, yeah, Josh Emmett is still not ready, so that he's kind of out of the equation. Look at Arnold Allen. I know people don't really pull his name up a lot. That dude is he's good. good. He's really good. Yeah. So he's a solid, solid fighter. You still got yeah. Calvin Cater. You know that's not yeah. Brian Brian Ortega against Calvin Cater. Are you kidding me? Don't get me wrong. I think I think it'd be a good fight, but I think I think. We got. I think Calvin Cater's got to get back on track. Yeah. Um, his fight against Max was, I think, eye opening for him. There's a lot of things, a lot of inner demons he's probably trying to deal with right now, because no one's ever beat him the way he got beat in that fight. And so, as a as a fighter, there's a lot of mental warfare going on right now for him mentally and how he how he adjusts and how he adapts to who he fights next. And so I don't know if I don't know if Brian Ortega is the guy for him to fight next. I'd like to see Calvin because he is Calvin's extremely marketable. He's someone that you could definitely see making a title run, but he's got to get back on track. Um, I think with with Brian Giga's got a lot of hype around him. It would make sense probably for the Giga thing, but I do think that if Brian does take him down, that the fight's over. So, yeah, quick. it's not even close. Yeah, but can Brian get him down? Yeah, that's the other thing. I, I think he can. I think First he can. off, did he take Volkanovski down? Yeah. Okay. Enough said. Yeah. Enough yeah, Volk's, said. Volk's shorter stock. Man, I was impressed by Volk. Yeah, he's a lot harder to take down than Giga. Yeah. Who do you think? Who do you think Max? Or who, no, who do you think uh, Volk fights now? He fights the winner of Yair and Max? Yeah. Third time with Max? Uh, possibly. You know, you're stuck in that position of no one stepping. Giga's the guy that you're looking at, but right now, as far as his takedown defense and everything, he's gonna he fought a certain way 
you know, in his fight that he just had based upon he didn't worry about getting taken down. Yeah. So that allowed him in the Edson Barbosa fight to be like a kickboxer, which he's phenomenal at. Yeah. But it's different when you have to play the game of, eh, this person's going to try to take me down. It's going to widen his stance. It's going to take some of the kicks away that he has. It's going to make it to where he's a little bit slower in the output. So I, I don't know. I just look and I say, you know, I'd like to see Giga fight, but I want to see him fight against another guy that's going to be more of fighting that stand-up game. If if I could have put him against someone instead of Max, you know, Holloway, I would put Yair against him. Yeah. But John, here's one. Here's one thing, and one person that we're completely forgetting only because he's not in the rankings right now is the guy that I think would have potentially been a barmer for all of us to beat. It's not sad there, though. I know he's not there. I get it. I, I'm hearing that he's going through like a lot of like health issues. I don't know what it is, but I mean like injury, not, not like in terms of like, but it's yeah, more not, injury stuff. Not Anthony Johnson's. No, no, no. no. Zabit. Yeah. Yeah. Z- no, yeah. No. It's not as, yeah, it's not Anthony health Johnson's issue. type stuff. Yeah. It's yeah. more like injury, whatever the injury yeah. is, he's having a hard time getting it fixed because it keeps coming back. So whatever that injury is, I don't know, but he is the guy. He's good. He's good. Yeah. You know, I mean, Yair ran from him for years until finally Zabit couldn't fight anymore. So, um, <laughs> smart man. Yeah, smart man. Yeah, don't no, fight Abe Lincoln, man. Yeah, but he's that he's that guy that I would have loved to have seen up in that mix because his fight, him fighting uh, Brian Ortega, would have been a fight that I would have loved to have seen. That would have been a great fight because all the way around, you know, Brian with the submission attempts, you know, Zabit with all the crazy stand up, the hip tosses, the wrestling. But the reach, the range, all that stuff, along with the, he's got that Sambo style jujitsu, whatever it is, like leg locks, arm bars, all that stuff. Right. Would have been a great fight. He's also tall, long, and lanky. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. All right. Well, hey, let's uh, let's one. talk. Let's let's move on from the UFC. Let's get right into uh, we're gonna talk one about one FC. first. We'll talk about one FC first before we get into the boxing. All right. Let's do it. Really, there's not a whole lot for us to talk about, but I will talk about my good friend Marcus Buchecha and his first fight, his first MMA fight. Good stuff. Fought Anderson Silva. Not the Anderson Silva that you guys may be thinking of. Definitely but he's not a that different Anderson. Anderson Silva. But I said this. Look, Marcus, like, Buchecha's wrestling is not the greatest. He did have a good, he did, he did a good job of punching his way in right away, getting into the fence, getting the lock in his hands, getting the takedown. Yeah. And then was just slow, composed, wasn't a world beater on the ground in terms of what he was doing, but he was very methodical in everything he did. He's a stud, man. When it comes to jiu-jitsu, once the fight hit the ground, I was like, okay, I don't see this fight going past the first round. And I said that when we did our midweek show this yeah. week. So, overall, great performance by him. I want to give tip my hat to him. Say, hey, man, I'm proud of you. Did Got in there, did something a lot of people can't do. They fought. Good Look, job. Uh, uh, I, I call it not a great performance because a great performance would have been him fucking doing something that was, like, wild and, you know, whipping into it a submission. I thought it was a strong performance. Yeah. I thought he... he he did not allow the situation to overwhelm him. He stuck with what he is good at. Once he got the takedown, he was very methodical, slow, and systematic in just consistently getting to better positions. You looked at his body positioning, you go, yeah, you're not going to move him off. Of you. It, it, it's yeah. it's just the way he puts his legs and everything. And then just, you know, he, he was picking. You could see, you know, looking, ah, I've got the arm triangle. I think I'm going to just move Goes to north south, and look how slow 
that choke was and you and you saw anderson like putting his finger up like no 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 and said oh no it's coming yeah. you just haven't felt all that pressure yet you know and so and he did and then he tapped and it was like it was a very strong performance well done got past your first mma fight you did it the way that you have trained yourself through through all your life with brazilian jiu-jitsu to be strong go to your strength that's what he did it was a nice performance yeah good stuff um christian lee lost his title in the main event oh dude but it was a good fight it was a great fight i told you that oak is that guy man you'll take him down and he'll pop right back to his feet Mm -hmm. and he did it continuously to christian lee and i will give christian lee yeah nothing but credit man first off he's getting really good and he was in shape because yep there was multiple times when I thought, oh, and I thought that maybe it was the third round. I said, he's starting to get tired. And then he just came right back and he, nope, he wasn't tired and he was going after it. He just didn't have enough. He, he was losing a lot of the, uh, the encounters when shots were being done. A lot of it was knees. The Oak had some beautiful knees that he landed in the fight and some body shots too. I, I'll give him credit with some of the stuff that he was landing on him. But, you know, Christian Lee's young. And 23. he's going to just get better. So that's the first thing that I noticed in the in the grappling exchanges, the wrestling stand. Christian Lee was pushing the pace, doing a great job, trying to do the best he could. Got the takedowns, got the back, almost got the choke. I want to yep. say, what, 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 he got the, he, almost got the choke. He was up against the cage in the stand-up, and you saw, yeah. and he saw Oak trying to turn, and he was like, he might get this. Yeah. Try, almost switched I, it to a front choke, but couldn't do it. But what I look at from a 23-year-old, who's got four losses case 15 and four was the champion for a while. There had some great wins. What I saw John was someone who is not quite a man yet. The man yeah. strength to me, Oak had the man strength. Yeah. He muscled his way. There was a couple of times where Christian Lee had the, was trying to hit the darts and trying yep. to hit like the Japanese necktie. Yep. He couldn't get Oak's head down. Yeah. And Oak was just standing up with him on his back. Yep. Like, that's that's a man versus a young man still. Yes. He's not a full-blown... Like, when he turns 27, 28, if he keeps the same different. type of level of intensity in terms of training, strength conditioning, becoming a, a full... Like, you know... A, a professional. A, natural, a professional He's man He's a professional athlete. now, but... Yes. Just focuses, puts all his energy into it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think the sky's even limit for him because I just saw the strength was the biggest difference when it came down to, like, finishing the submissions, being able to... Any other person... <laughs> didn't have that type of strength he probably would have finished yeah. he just wasn't able to get it but overall though like christian lee great performance i thought he i thought he showed a lot it was a great fight if you guys haven't watched it you guys can actually check it out on youtube check it out there yep. and uh his younger sister got a win too tko punches in the second round uh victoria lee you know uh his other sister i believe she's having her baby here shortly or she did already have her baby i don't know but uh angela lee who was the former champion so he's got a whole family full of ch- Full of people to train with. So, yep. um, yeah. But overall, I thought I thought that fight was an absolute barmer of a fight. It was a barmer. It was, it was a great I was, fight. I was very impressed with uh, Buchecha. Good stuff tonight. They did um, say there was, there was, like, supposedly controversy in it. It's like, there's no controversy Yeah, there was. I saw, I saw, I don't know if, I don't know if, I don't know, I don't want to say who it was. But I saw some media sources saying there was controversy involved. I'm like, I didn't see any controversy at all. Christian lost the fight. It was, it was, it, to me, it was clear. Uh, it's a good fight, though. It was really good. good. Yeah, I, I, didn't, I don't know what the controversy was. 
Uh, I was trying to see what it was when I was watching the fight. I, I didn't read the article because I was like, I don't want to hear clickbait. So I just, I actually <laughs> just watched the fight to see what I was thinking. So, all right. So let's, uh, let's talk about the boxing match today. So Anthony Joshua. Ooh. Anthony Joshua. Ooh. Against Usyk. What'd you think? I, I had it. In, Josh, I'm just being money. honest. First off, Usyk came out. He was lighting him up. The speed difference was apparent. He was landing beautiful combinations. I had him winning like the first four rounds. Four rounds. And I, then I had Anthony won two rounds. I had, Five, six. Yep. Usyk won the seventh, then Anthony won two. And then the rest, Usyk, and especially, you know, they they were making comments like, oh, he just needs a knockdown here in the uh, in the 12th round. I'm like, are you fucking high? He needs I, two knockdowns. Hello? Maybe a knockout. <laughs> <laughs> I had it. I had it one sixteen, one twelve at the end, but Got I it. thought it was a great performance by by Usyk and uh, and you know it kind of it, it definitely threw a monkey wrench into the works of the possible Joshua versus Fury that everyone wanted to see. But I think you got another guy in there that he's fun to watch, man. That mm-hmm. dude's a stud. He fought a great fight and he beat it. He beat a good fighter in Joshua and proved you know what he's the man. Yeah, I think um I think oh god, how do I put this? Anthony Joshua let originally he let the hype get to him before the Anthony uh Ruiz, Ruiz fight. Yeah. He let the hype get to him. Anthony Ruiz came out, was able to get rid of him and then came out and didn't have a great performance in the second fight cuz he didn't train at all. He came out publicly and he looked like shit in that fight. Yeah. Ruiz did. And he's made some changes since then. Yeah. Um, and he's been doing well as well. Um, Joshua in this fight, I thought he looked slender. I thought he looked good. Physically, I thought he looked good. I thought he looked better than I've seen him before. Before, he looked puffy. He looked bigger. He looked more muscular. He looked like he slowed down. In the in the first Ruiz fight, he looked like it was like a, he was like very stiff in everything he did. This fight, he still looked a little stiff, but that's a mechanic thing, not so much a a body frame size thing. Joshua also doesn't, he doesn't like press the pace and have as much output throughout the fight. He didn't have a lot of output in this fight either, but in some of his past fights, he also doesn't do that. When you saw the second Ruiz fight, there wasn't a lot of output during that fight in that second one. He just stuck him with the jab because it was working. Ruiz wasn't pushing the pace in this fight. Usyk really made him fight and he fought back. He had, he had moments. What you're going to see though with Usyk is that, his style, it'll translate with Joshua because he's not mainly like a lot of output in terms of fighter. But I guess if I was to do like the roulette of the heavyweight division right now, you've got Tyson Fury at the top. Yep. You got I would put Wilder two, and then I would put Usyk probably three. Put Joshua four. I put uh, Ruiz five, and then Chris Oriola. Uh, Oriel, uh, how do you say his last name? Oriola. Ariel, him probably like in that six seven area. There's probably another person in there that I'm missing. But those those this John, you and I were texting her. I was texting you, and you weren't texting me back, which is you know. But anyways, <laughs> but the overall thing was I'm excited now about the heavyweight division. I haven't been excited about the heavyweight division two decades. I don't know. Whenever the last time Riddick Bow and those guys in Holyfield fought, I don't know when that was the last time I really cared about the heavyweights. To be honest, like that type of. This division, if we can get them to stop with their promoters and all the fucking shenanigans and watch these oh. guys fight, I'd love to see Usyk and and uh, 
Ruiz fight. The output, the chin, the exchanges, the fast hands. Like, I'd love to see that fight. Joshua, I feel like he would suffer to, to Tyson Fury and especially Wilder. Wilder has that power that will put him on his ass. I really believe that if Wilder touched him, we'd be digging his grave right there in the ring. Like, just leave him there. The whole Tito Ortiz. Just dig it there and just drag his body there and just cover <laughs> it up. Because Wilder just has that, like, come to Jesus power. Like, yes, hey. He the right hand it, is. Yeah, it's is nasty. nasty. It's nasty. And so with Tyson Fury, I think he'd piece him up as well. But it'd be more of the speed factor and the output is really what he has. What he'll have a problem with. We saw tonight, Joshua will have a problem with someone who has a lot of output and has a lot of movement. The movement is a factor. He didn't know how to make the adjustments. Every time Usyk moved left and right and threw the combination off that, he was stiff and just going, okay, planning. where'd you go? Where'd he you go? Planning. He just, yeah, he couldn't throw off the, off the movement. He didn't know how to counter off the movement. And I'm watching it going, if you throw, you'll have success. And when he did throw, he had some success. He just didn't have enough output because he was too busy going, shit, where's he at? Where I got to do? Like he was, the movement was throwing him off, John, all night. I thought it was the, the it was the speed difference. Usyk's speed caused him problems. He was he was you know many many times he got flat footed because he wasn't sure where he was going to go, and many times he got he was out of position and was getting hit at angles yeah. that you go, come on, you, you should be switching off, blading off, turning your back foot, moving to get yourself in a position to be able to counter from there. It just wasn't there, and so yeah. you know. Like you said, with the heavyweight division right now in boxing, there's there's a good top five that you can interplay there because, as you said, Usyk against Andy Ruiz that would be a fun fight. Yeah, it'd be a good fight. You know, right sorry, now you, I you, said Anthony all night. I, Anthony I know. Ruiz. Yeah, Andy Ruiz. Sorry, yeah. my bad. But CTE. <laughs> she kept saying Ruiz, so I was like, it was okay. I wasn't going to correct. Yeah. But <laughs> then you have you know, you've got the. Wilder versus Fury is kind of locked up with the whole court thing and everything. Yeah. So we're gonna have to wait for that one to go by. But you know, people are gonna want to see, especially in you know the UK, Fury versus Joshua. That's I still, just don't think you're gonna get it now. Well, that, that that's the real question here right now because of this loss. Time, but you still have the like I said, yeah, Fury Wilder is still waiting there. So. Are they going to, you know, Eddie Hearn's going to want to put Joshua right back with Usyk. I'm sure he's got a uh, rematch clause in yeah. there. So we'll see what happens with it. But like you said, there's some good heavyweights. That was a good fight. I thought Usyk really fought a great fight, lit him up. I thought he I thought he had him in trouble in the in the 12th round. Yeah, he did. I thought, I, I thought now, right at the end of that sucker, he was in trouble. So I saw Rogan posted something saying they stopped the, th the 12th round 10 seconds early. They stopped it at the clack versus at the now I don't know if that's true because I couldn't hear it when I was watching because yeah. I was I was watching two things at once. I was watching the the prelims of the UFC and I was yeah. watching the the boxing match. I didn't get to catch it live. Um yeah, so I but I, I Eddie Hearn playing the playing the part, man. Yeah. Stop this thing. Ring that bell. Yeah, because <laughs> Rogan said, Did they stop the twelfth round? I don't know. Did they really stop the twelfth round early? So I was just checking. I didn't. I, I, I was. I didn't, I didn't see the. I didn't see the uh, the timer and stuff, so I can't say. Yeah, I, I saw Luke Thomas. I think he commented on Rogan's thing as well, saying, "Well, the unofficial time is not is the, not the clock on your screen." That's true. That, that's okay. So, yeah. 
That's the unofficial time on your that, that is the out of sorry, that is the unofficial time. So yeah, I, I noticed that Luke had pointed that out. So I don't know how much it was a difference. Maybe it was like two, three seconds, whatever it was, but two, know. three seconds can make a big difference. Oh, ten seconds. People don't realize people do not realize that one and two seconds is a long damn time. I can throw four or five punches in that amount of time. Oh no, 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 no. <laughs> more more than that? More. Really? Absolutely. God, you're giving me a lot more speed credit than I give myself. You know what? Let me tell you something right now. <laughs> Two seconds time, you'll let you you will land at least eight, ten punches. Wow, wow, that's crazy. I remember somebody told me that because uh, I was there that night that Chuck, when he beat Tito, I want to say the first time he hit him with like thirty something punches, and it was like I want to say like twelve Four seconds. seconds I think. Yeah, no, it was it was something like eleven or twelve seconds. I think is what it was. I don't know. It was so long ago. I don't remember, but I remember that it being, it being talked about during that time frame. Yeah. So, all right. Well, Hey, good stuff for Usyk. Hopefully, uh, hopefully he doesn't have to get the rematch. He can fight someone like Andy Ruiz, Andy, here. <laughs> see what I did there. Okay. There you go. Uh, right. you know, or maybe, you know, maybe he waits for the, maybe Anthony Joshua waits for the loser of Tyson Fury and Wilder and says, Hey, I fought the loser to get me back on. Tra- I don't know. I know promoters don't do that shit in boxing. All right, right Dave, now, I, I, don't, you... I don't. I don't think either matchup is a good matchup right now for Josh. No, I don't think so either. I don't think so. Uh, Dave, yeah. I know you want to run through some news, not a lot of news, because there is a lot of news out there. But I do well, agree that this should be the one that we talk about, Dave, because it is getting late. It's like three in the fucking morning for John, almost. Let's four. see what it is. And oh, no, no, three thirty, baby. Three thirty, and it is two thirty because of math. I, I figured that out. He did, Dave's in the middle of the country now in these Texas stuff, so he is at two thirty, and me over here barely sleeping at midnight. Love it, love the love the West Coast. Peter Yan reacts to Alderman Sterling pulls out of slated rematch at UFC two sixty seven. Responds to challenge from Sean O'Malley. <sighs> <laughs> maybe John, they'll put you... sean o'malley in there we were talking about Corey sanhagen and all those different ones why would you mm-hmm. do that when you got sean o'malley sean o'malley versus peter yon sean will sell more tickets than then cory sanhagen he might no there's no might john he well will. well that it is in abu dhabi so he'll sell more t- oh never mind <laughs> See? Doesn't, it doesn't really matter there you go I don't think it matters okay now you know mm-hmm they already built the arena and they bought all the tickets. And there'll no, be like the, five the, people the, there. But the but the best one is if <laughs> you look five at five people there. You look at the tweet of Peter Yan. He's got a thing of of Nate Diaz when he said, "I'm not surprised, motherfucker." Yeah. Beautiful. <laughs> was was there any like? Oh, dude, I loved it. John, was there any doubt? Come on, yeah, John. John I'm, I'm painting you into a corner right now. Shock. Just shocking, just Shock. fucking shocking. It's amazing. Um, look, yeah, I, look, I will say this: he had neck surgery. Yeah. So True. you don't know, but he was in the, he was in the the corner of Marab, and he looked yeah. pretty good. So he was moving around pretty good. Yeah, I've been there, Bill. I've been there before, though. I was supposed to yeah. fight uh, Gilbert Burns. I got dropped in training. I was still able to like be around the gym, but I wasn't training, you know. And so Gilbert saw me saw a video of me training with uh, Leo Vieira and Buchecha and those guys. Like, oh, he's not fighting me, but he can train. I'm like, no, dude, <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh yeah. And Anyways. that might be what happened. I yeah, I, I don't think he got knocked in. I, maybe he's got some neck issues that probably still needs to be fully sorted out. I mean, you know, coming up. So, but they do need well, to make an interim title because you can't sit there and yeah. have 
this going on the way it no. is. So no. the the thing is though, I could understand the Sean O'Malley thing. Believe it or not, John, I can understand it. It's a it's I understand. Look, Sean has nothing to lose. Sure, he can lose the fight, but he's not even in the top. I don't know, say, he's yeah, he's got 15. something to lose. He's he's not even in the top fifteen. Yeah. Like okay, I don't know if I don't know if Peter should take the fight either though because he has a he has a lot to lose if he loses to him. But it's 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 I know he's not going to lose to him, but it it makes for a fun situation. Like if you're talking here, like tall, long, and lanky, versus short and stocky and good wrestler with good boxing. I mean, remember the last guy that Sean fought was able to touch him a couple times. I'm sorry, but if Peter touches you like that, oh. We we may be waking you up, <laughs> like we may we might be shaking you. You okay there, Sean? What's yeah. going on? You see the lights? How many fingers am I holding up? It, it might be like that, but it would still be like honestly the the, the lead up to that fight. I, I mean, I'd be like, oh wow, what's going on? It'd be fun. I think the Corey fight and him fight would be a good fight. Corey's definitely gonna be fighting from a underdog position based off sure. Peter's wrestling, as well as like his his overall ground upon an attack if he takes peter down and he gets on top of him we saw what he did to jose aldo i mean his top position his top pressure no and i mean hold on stop i think you switched that with your cte again peter You're saying if peter yawn took down Corey, Corey sanhagen yeah, yeah you said that in reverse oh did i oh yes you did see yeah it's, 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 it's 12 it's 12 30 at night John. it's I'm so sorry. late there okay it's just super late here it's all good uh, but overall, I would like to see that fight happen. But I'm not surprised that Aljo pulled out. Next surgery, it happens, man. I rag on him enough. I don't need to keep going on. Yeah. All right, Dave, what else you got? Uh, next piece of news. <clears throat> uh, Dana White making comments about the whole <laughs> Showtime Canelo plan thing that happened. Dana is the greatest. I'm going to just say it. He is the greatest at manipulating the media. <laughs> And putting something out there when he wants to attack something because, look, he's got an mo. And when when some when someone has put pressure on him or has caused him a problem, he wants to get back at him. So he's getting back at Showtime. But this one, if you at least use common sense, Dana is manipulating the media and saying something that's not even true. Yeah, Canelo and Plant. That was that was a media thing for them boxing. To fight. By the way, yes, this is boxing. Okay, but Dana is 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 blasting Showtime, which is a production company for the brawl between Canelo and Plant. But they're not the promoters. It's not like the UFC. The UFC is a promoter. That's why Dana stands up there as the promoter in between fighters or he assigns his matchmakers, Sean Shelby or Mick Maynard, to be up between the fighters. But so everyone understands, Canelo has a promoter. It's Eddie Hearn. And Caleb Plant has a promoter. It's PBC. So PBC could have put Sam Watson there or Eddie Hearn could have been there. But they're the ones that do it. It has nothing to do with Showtime. So although I love the Uh, fact that he used it to try to get to him, he's basically using something that's just not true. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, look, anytime Dana can take a jab at Showtime, oh, yeah. they, they do the Bellator thing, they do the boxing thing. But what he has to remember is that they made him a lot of money with the Mayweather situation. So he just needs to. Yeah, we, we, I, 
I think when they had that Mayweather situation, it was him and Connor and Mayweather yeah. and a guy named Steven Espinoza. Yeah. And they didn't seem to get along. Yeah, but they still made a lot of money together. <laughs> yes, oh, they did. They made a ton of money together. Yes, they did. And the overall, like, look, you can't, like, and for if, if you guys didn't understand what John was saying, boxing as a promoter, Showtime licensed their TV stuff to, or to boxing. Boxing says, hey, we will give you boxing fights on your network this many times a year. That's really what they're doing. They don't interfere with who's at the fucking weigh-ins separating the fighters. That's not their business. Their business is to fucking put the shit on TV for the world to see. (laughs) That's it. So when he said fucking dumber, dumb uploads on Showtime, whatever it is, he's just taking a jab. But yeah. that, and and Total. for those of you guys are like, oh, you and John work for Showtime. Yeah, you're right. We do work for Showtime. Oh, I do. But uh, yeah. nothing, this not has nothing I'm to do with it, just... you guys. This has nothing to do with it. Just that was a good. It was a good moment, an opportunity for for uh, Dana to take a shot, and he did. He took a shot, and he's he's good at that. He's really yeah, good. Yeah, it was at that. smart timing for it. But yeah, smart actually, timing. It's got it's no basis. True. Yeah, it's got nothing. But it was still it was still well played, Dana White. Well played. Well played. Um. Good thing we don't believe everything that comes out of your mouth. <laughs> yeah. All right, what's next? Last thing we're going to get into is John Jones gets arrested uh, in Vegas while the after the Hall of Fame ceremony. Such a disgrace. Oh, first off, let, before we get into this, can we just say, I want to say, first off, congratulations to Mark yeah. Ratner for being inducted in the UFC Hall of Fame. Uh, Mark's done a ton for the sport of MMA. I I have people all the time saying, man, he was against it. Yes, back in the early days he was because that was his job as a regulator. But I will tell you that Mark was one of the reasons that it was legalized in Nevada, which helped grow the sport immensely. Mark was the reason that a lot of things were uh, helped in other state athletic commissions. Mark has been a huge influence on the sport by being the regulator that other people believed in. So congratulations to him. Congratulations to George St. Pierre. Congratulations to Kevin Randleman. Rest in peace, brother. You definitely deserve that. You were the monster. And to the people that you know made it into the UFC Hall of Fame, congratulations on that accomplishment. That is something special, and uh, hats off to you. Yeah, GSP yeah. and Kevin <laughs> Randleman. GSP and Kevin Randleman. I don't know who else was on that that thing, but I do know that those two were. That was awesome. And um, Kevin's wife is a friend of mine. Elizabeth, super, his sweetheart, yes, absolutely amazing person. Yep. And um, I'm glad that she was able to be part of this as well. And I just wish Kevin yes. knew that you know what he he got there. John, he knows. Okay, John, I'll agree he knows. I agree with he you. knows. Uh, Kevin, uh, outstanding person. Been out, uh, hung out with him a bunch of times. Great person. Him, Mark Coleman. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> great times though. Fabulous Sorry. people. Amazing people. Great hearts. Big hearts, I should say. Yeah. Um, great people. And uh, GSP. <laughs> what how else can you not? say, man? GSP. How you, you can't. Yeah. How, how do you say that? So, uh, look. Let's talk into the into the John Jones situation. I mean, to to quote what Peter Yan said. I'm not surprised, motherfuckers. Oh. <laughs> but look, regardless of all that stuff, I don't even want to get into the John Joe situation because you want to know why, John? We don't know shit about it. 
No. We don't know anything. I just got the, oh, it was this, this, and this. And it says domestic violence and injury and tampering with a vehicle. Like, charges, well, how do you charges, injure a vehicle? I don't know. Maybe he ran his door into it or something. Anyways, <laughs> that's look. We don't we don't have enough information yet, so I'm not going to speak negatively on John. You know, um, it's I'm not, but I am going to say something about Dana White. You're an asshole. Like this. Whoa, is the, this situation. That's your fighter. And look, when he was 26, 27, 28, you were slurping up everything he was giving you. And you didn't give a shit. And now all of a sudden he's going through some hard times. You guys are having some contract negotiation problems. He's getting a little older in the tooth. I get it. But the things that you say, like, oh, he's only been here 12 hours and we can't even keep him out of the... Like, like you wonder why when fighters get old, they fucking can't stand you. And that's why. Like, shit like that is just disgusting. Like, just be like, hey, you know what? I want to work this out. We're going to figure it out. Once I get more details, you know, like, Dana, we've seen how you've been, you, 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 kowtow to to mcgregor when he was doing his thing even when john jones was doing his thing in the back you would you would do all that stuff for them when they were younger and when you saw that your pocketbooks would be lined but now this situation happens because you're having problems negotiating your contract you're an asshole why like he's still gonna make you money if he fights it heavyweight he's gonna make you a ton of money i mean will he be back i don't know I mean, we don't know the situation, what you guys are doing with your, but you can see that the, the, the writings on the wall, that he's older and they there's, you're having some issues with the money that you're coming up with in terms of what he wants and where you're at and in that thing, because of the ESPN deal, because they're paying you so much just to put on shows. And we get that, but this is just like, there gets to a point where these guys have made you so much money, like, especially John Jones. It should be like, hey, you know what? Let me just get these details for, worked out and, you know, and we'll talk about, you know, let's figure out what exactly happened and then we'll, we'll address the issue. Instead, now it's only been 12 hours and it doesn't fucking surprise me. We can't even bring him to Vegas. We can't even wait, do this. Wait, wait, what did you just say? It doesn't surprise me, motherfucker. <laughs> Josh, I'm amazed you I managed mean, to turn that around on Dana. That is really crazy. It is Dana's fault. It is Dana's fault. Like, the, the, the main thing is this. First off, I feel bad because somehow, some way in this, you just keep on seeing this picture of John when, when all of this is gone and there's no ability to make money off of fighting anymore that he's going to have to deal with life and you're just hoping that he gets things right. And, and I hope he does. And, and this whole situation, I don't know anything about it. Just because someone says it's domestic uh, abuse doesn't. It was his wife there? I don't even know. I had I know nothing about it. So when I get information, if it comes out, then you know if we know more, then maybe I'll say something. But John, I hope everything turns out okay for you and stuff. From what I heard, he looked pretty good there. He was a. Uh, like 265 pounds or something Jesus. like that they were saying so he's up there big looking good they said so i don't know I'm not going to say anything about this whole incident yeah the the peter like when i said the peter yon quote guys it was i was being a smart ass you guys if you guys haven't figured <laughs> me out yet i was being a smart ass and my second thing with the dana white thing i was not turning around on dana white i just feel like it was very uncalled for not knowing the full situation and what was going on or at least not speaking on it and doing what he did to talk about one of the, the best fighters to ever grace the face of the earth in your promotion that you've promoted since he was what 23 24 years old something like that but josh look what he I, was I just arrested felt like on. it was what's what? that look what he was arrested on josh 
How can you say that? Like, look okay, at the beat, things injuring was, a car. Yeah, like, battery, Dave, domestic what, violence. Okay, stop. Yeah, that's the, the thing. Okay, Dave. Here, hold on. Battery, misdemeanor charge. Domestic violence is never a misdemeanor charge, and they have it as a misdemeanor charge. So, what do you have here? I don't know because anytime you had in California it was two seventy three point five of the penal code. That's domestic violence. It's a felony. So I don't know what they have, but they also have in this, and this is a report on a website saying that, oh, there was injuring and tampering with a vehicle. I don't know how you injure a vehicle. You can dent a vehicle. You can damage a vehicle. You can vandalize a vehicle, but to injure it, come on, it's the report. So what are you really getting? It's also John Jones, though. That's the other part of it. Yeah, but that's, you can't look at it that way. That's yeah, the thing. you're like, trying like, to make something yeah, here you're when trying to make you something don't have information yeah. and you want someone to say something on it. Get the information and then make a more intelligent response. That was our original conversation. Look, I said that I'm not surprised, motherfuckers, because it was funny, and that was about it. Like, I don't, we don't know anything. John and I don't know anything. You don't know anything, Dave. And so that's why we're not commenting on that. What we do know is that Dana White decided to say what he said, and I thought that was kind of a low blow, considering the fact that he probably doesn't even know the fucking full situation, as well as why would you say that about one of the guys that have made you a ton of fucking money? It's because you know that towards the end of the road, he's at... And also, he's not going to be making. We've seen promoters do this countless times. And, and right now, you're having a squabble over yep. money. Yeah. And and it's not being worked. It's not worked out. So it's like, oh, okay. So let me just take a fucking stab at him while I can. That's that's it. That's all it is. And that's what that's what's annoying about the whole situation. Like the guy's obviously dealing with something. That maybe I don't know how much of it is. We don't even know the situation, but. The bottom line is he's going through something right now because there's police involved and there's stuff being involved. There's a court date. Like, be there for him. He's made you so much damn money. Like, be there for him. I know he's. you've had to be there for him plenty of times. Okay, but this is another time. This Because he, he will be back. I believe he will be back. He will fight at heavyweight. And I think he, he will potentially end up being one of the best heavyweight champions ever, too, if he decides to fight at heavyweight and they pay him what he deserves. So... All right. Is there something else there, Dave? What else you got for no, us? That's it. That's everything? All right, guys. Well, hopefully you guys go to ProWrestlingTees.com slash weighing in. Use the promo code and still pick up one of our shirts. As well as when you guys are in our YouTube channel, hit the like button as well as the bell and the subscribe button. We don't say this enough. Subscribe to our channel. Okay, subscribe to our channel. I noticed that we get a lot of views, but not as many subscriptions as we should. So hit that subscribe button. Um, I've noticed that I've followed some pages several times, but I don't actually hit the subscribe button. I just always go to their page. So hit the subscribe button. Do that for us. We really appreciate it. We want to thank you guys for tuning in and listening to our show. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it. It is 4 a.m. where John is. It is 3 a.m. where Podcast Dave is. And it is 1 1 a.m. for me. So you. hopefully you and guys this enjoyed this show. <laughs> yeah, and this show's dropping in a couple hours. Yeah, so you guys buddy. enjoy. Uh, John, you got anything else to say? Yeah, I got uh, one thing to say. First off, to all the fighters that were participating in the UFC. Thank you, man. You guys put on a hell of a show. Great job. Great fights. Great performances. Overall, man, I had to pay for it, and it was definitely <laughs> worth my money. So I want to say thank you. And for everyone out there, thanks for watching us, and we will see you.